Hello everyone and welcome to episode 51 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. And uh, this time we have like, there is like a lot of news, but not a lot of it is like stuff you can really talk at length about. No, we so, probably won't dive too deep. Yeah, It'll so. be... And then I didn't play a lot of games these last two I weeks. I did. Yeah. I played them all. Every video game that came out, I played. Um, and for the our topic, we're going to talk about uh, generation-defining games, which is not necessarily universal. It's what we believe. Right. So if you disagree, you can just disagree. I don't know. <laughs> you can let us know. You can com- yeah, sure. complain to Manny, I guess. Yeah, you can let me know, even <laughs> though I am right. It's fine. Yeah, that's all right, so for the news, I don't remember what the first one was. Oh, you, oh. Wolfenstein the Young Blood comes out July 26th. Huh? Yes. I yes. did not see this. Oh, you didn't see it no. at all? There was a, a trailer I th- you probably were focused on another. I was very focused first on person. a different thing, yeah. Uh, but yes, this was uh, there was a new trailer. It was showing a more like story in depth with voice acting of the two girls that are. Yeah, they're twins. Right. And they're like. I don't know how I feel about them. We'll have to see in the game. It is some cringeworthy dialogue between the two. Yeah, but like I the, feel like that game has a lot. That, that the Wolfenstein franchise has had a lot of that now. Yes, yes. I, I mean the the new Colossus was you know very over the top, but it worked. Maybe not in the trailers per se. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to. I'm going to keep an open mind, and I will definitely pick this up. But I wanted to just kind of briefly mention that hey, a new Wolfenstein is coming out, so now I got to play uh, the New Order and the Old Blood before July 26th. Oh, but also this is not related to this. The Samurai Showdown comes out on June 26th. Oh. So that's pretty sick. Fighting games, I'm excited. They finally showed the three brand new characters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the shit out of that because Samurai Showdown is not about combos. It's about fundamentals. So I will be able to mm-hmm. hit people once and do like a quarter of their health bar. Like Samurai Showdown style. Oh yeah. Very excited. And Mortal Kombat's coming out this month. Yes, right? which I'm excited about that too because now that they have announced most of the old characters, they're mm-hmm. announcing all the new ones. So like right. today they showed this dude called The Collector with a K mm-hmm. and he like is Shao Kahn's like tax collector basically <laughs> and so like he'll like steal stuff from them but then mm-hmm. also like in the trailer he like takes baraka's head and like puts it in his backpack and is like shao khan will love this and you're like what the <laughs> fuck is this game <laughs> uh game informer they had the like uh their cover story this right. month is mortal kombat so they announced cetrion i think her name yes, is which, so she's like an elder god like raiden she seems really cool but she like is rocks and Wait, plants and stuff oh yeah what is her name because it was all along because they do the i don't know if you've ever watched their rapid questions no i, rapid I fire saw questions. i was recommended that because i'd been mm-hmm. watching a lot of mortal kombat 11 videos but but yeah they did they just ask a lot of questions to Ed Boon, and he was talking about how it was originally going to be a man, and then at the last second they were like, what if it's a, a female? And then they switched it up. And then another cool thing from that was uh, the Switch version is going to be 60 frames per second, which is insane. No, it's not. <laughs> I love Ed Boon. He's a lot, he lies a lot on Twitter, and he's lying about this. You I'm think sure. he's lying about this? Uh, dude, what? I don't think you can lie about well, that. Well, then they're going to fucking have to scale it down. Like, that game looks I, ridiculous. It does. So, it, will like... look, it will look worse on Switch. <laughs> no shit. 
But if that, especially if it's running at 60 frames, if a that runs at 60 FPS, that will be crazy impressive. Yeah, it will be. Um, I think her name is Cetrion. It starts with a C. It might be Ketrion. I have not heard her say her own name, so I don't know. And uh, there was one other. Oh, the character they announced at the beginning. His name's like Garros. Mm-hmm. He's like a time boy. And I, I don't yeah. Know. It I, seems like the boss of the whole thing is going to be the time lady. They introduced Kronika, but they didn't say that she oh, is. Oh, that's who he was talking about, Kronika. Oh, okay, because they did not say that she is playable yet, mm-hmm. which, I mean, she probably will be. According right. to the leaks, like with all the leaked characters, they were at. 22 characters mm-hmm. if you counted katana and chronica right because they were not confirmed uh and then they put out this guy the collector and i hope that the other two characters are also new mm-hmm. because like I f- it feels really weird to have a roster of like 25 characters and only have three of them be new i think he's i want <laughs> he may have because they asked how many characters and i think he said 26 at the start and then it was 30... 20, 25 in the final roster, okay, 20, and... and then uh, thirty some with the DLC, which yes. they already announced that Shao Kahn and mm-hmm. Shang Tsung were DLC. Which I'm so excited about that Shang Tsung DLC because mm-hmm. it is the actor who played Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat movie. Right, and I found <laughs> out that they have equipable like quips. So it's really annoying because, like, when Cabal wins, he says, like, Cabalin! And, like, the worst chat I've ever heard. <laughs> but in the movie, Shang Tsung's favorite, or his famous line was, Your soul is mine! And so if the fucking dude from the movie says, Your soul is mine, and I can equip that, mm-hmm. perfect video game, 10 out of 10. I cannot wait. And the story, you know, will be interesting. At and least. see, that's what I like. People are getting really weird and like, well, how is Kotal Khan alive? And like all this shit. Literally, they made the plot of Mortal Kombat 11 to be about time yes. manipulation and multiple universes. So, like, in theory, the fact that Shang Tsung is that actor from the movie means mm-hmm. that that is a timeline that occurred in the Mortal Kombat universe. Well, not. They rebooted it for, what, nine? Yes. Ten, they kind of killed everyone off, and then but then did some really weird things, and who knows what they're going to do But, like, here. this just seems like an excuse mm-hmm. for them to be like, I don't know, man, we thought that someday we wanted to put Stryker in again, even though he's been dead, so time, time mm-hmm. and, like... Who cares, man? Right. Like, people, it's weird because in every other fighting game, people are like, who cares about the lore of Street Fighter? <laughs> people will, like, fight you to the death about Mortal Kombat, even though it is the dumbest shit on the planet. Like, yeah, I think even they were like, okay, this is a this little is, too, this is too much, we gotta reset But this. what I like about their plot in, this, in Mortal Kombat 11 is that it, like, they always take it in the game so self-serious right. that it's like, this is awesome. <laughs> and that, like, it's really stupid, but they are right. going 110% in on how stupid it is. Mm. Like, in the beginning of that story trailer, Shinnok is just a head. And he's, like, being... It's... Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever, man. This shit is stupid. <laughs> yeah. and it looks hyper-violent. But they... It seems like they'll probably announce one character a week mm-hmm. until the until it comes out on the 23rd. Right. So, and they do their combat cast thing every mm-hmm. week. This week, I think they're going to show Noob Cybot, which now he's two people, and one of them's name is Noob, and the other one's name is Cybot. And I'm like, what? Why would you do this? Anyways, I'm I'm excited about yeah, Mortal yeah. Kombat unrealistically because they just the costume and like st- 
like customization stuff from Injustice coming to this. Like there are so many different iterations of what those characters have looked like right. over the course of like twenty Mortal Kombat games that like I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do, because he specifically said no loot boxes. He did say there are no loot boxes, which I do find to be weird, because you, like, get those quips and in stuff the, in somehow. Uh, I, because they said that the the crypt is back, mm-hmm. so, like, it's probably, like, I don't think the crypt was in 10. I think it was. I guess I just don't remember. I remember it in 9, because you, like, walk around. Mm, I don't know. But anyways, before it's basically just like a weird explorable area that has right. coffins and you like pay coins to unlock the coffins. Oh, right. And then they like oh, have a specific thing inside. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can get away with saying they're not loot boxes because it's just like each thing is a set thing. And it's not random. And maybe you can see what's inside. Right. Uh, because before it was like you don't know what's in there. But then it's like, ooh, it's Melina's really weird naked costume. Yeah, I feel like loot boxes, it's where, like, you you pay for it one, and then you don't know what you're paying for, where this would just be, you kind of have an idea of, if you unlock everything, you have an yeah, idea. Yeah, which, like, even in the PS2 era games, like, Deadly Alliance and stuff like that, like, it was the crypt, mm-hmm. it was the same thing, so. Anyways, that's cool, that was a tangent. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. fighting games, I guess. But, Borderlands 3 was finally announced, we can all rejoice. Yes. And play it on September 13th. So, I I don't even know. Like, I don't have anything to say about this anymore. Because it's like, it does look exactly like more Borderlands. Yes. Which I like a lot. Did you watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. Because okay. when we talked Sunday. Yeah, I, I had not. But they, uh, on April Fool's Day, they accidentally tweeted the release date. Mm-hmm. And then deleted it, and then accidentally put up a different thing that was the trailer that had the Epic Game Store logo in it, and then deleted that. And it was like, well, you guys really fucked that one up, uh, I think. Do you think they accidentally did it? 100%. Okay. Because then the backlash to it being exclusive to the Epic Game Store for six months was, like, really a lot. Like, so much so that I was just talking about that before we started, that people are review bombing this uh, Borderlands right. and Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel on Steam because they're so upset that it's a six-month exclusive on the Epic Game Store. Um, that's stupid. Yeah, I, and we were just discussing this off-air. Off I don't see how that's affecting the sales at all, which that's the whole point of a review is to be like, hey, this is, you know, not good, don't buy this. Well, and then the other part that I don't get is, like, they're review-bombing Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel when a couple days ago they got a free patch to add 4K Mm. textures. Like, how dare they support (laughs) this 7-year-old product? Ah, review-bomb. Like, Mm. fuck off. Right. And whatever. No... How, what do you expect from this game? Do you expect I, it to be okay. more Borderlands 2, or do you think it'll go the more, like, games-as-a-service Destiny world? It looks exactly like Borderlands 2. It does. So this this is my thing, and I've said this, and people have gotten upset when I have said it. I love Borderlands. I can't wait to play this game. This game, graphically, looks identical to Borderlands 2. Which I like that art style. I Okay, I like the art style as well. Now it is an excuse. Because you look at the... T- you can tell which parts of that trailer are pre-rendered and which mm. of them are in-game. Those textures still look like shit. And yeah. so then their excuse is, well, with the art style, like, nah, dog. All of the rocks look like they're made of paper mache. 
You had five years. I'm okay with it. I, I don't. There's I, something about that art style. Like I, like I just even in Borderlands too. Like you look at the fucking shacks that are everywhere. They look so bad. And that was five years ago, and now it still looks like that. Yeah. Like I to me, I get it sometimes when people are like, "Oh, well, this doesn't look great," and then their excuse is like, "Yeah, but that's what the art style is." Right. You don't you don't get away with that for three games, right, in my right. opinion, and still not be able to receive criticism on this. No, because no, because like, at this yeah. point, it is literally just, "Hey, man, it takes a lot of work to make these rock textures extra nice for you." So, like, right here you go. It's like uh, Breath of the Wild. I think it's one of those things where. I didn't. I didn't think that game looked good. No, some it, people really like the art not, style. But. It, the art style, I think, is fine. It is the art style in that game mm. is really washed out. Right. And it kind of. There was a lot of games around that time that came out that looked really washed out. But mm. like, I do think that game looks nice. But right. that is a thing where like. Yeah, they couldn't make it look that good no, no, on the no. Switch and the Wii U. Like, you have to kind of mask it somehow. Right. And so, like, in cases like that, like, yes, it does look pretty, but, like, mm-hmm. that doesn't, I that does not give you a free pass no, in no. my book because it's like, dude, what re- happened for five years? Which is another thing. Like, I feel like they took so long to announce this because they didn't know what it should be for a long time until mm-hmm. finally they were just like fucking put out Borderlands 2 again mm-hmm. with four new Vault Hunters and more content and it'll be fine. I think now enough time has passed that people will be okay with that as yeah, well. Yeah, which, yes, it's one of those things where like if it had happened like a year after like the mm-hmm. pre-sequel did, which I didn't play, like, yeah, that that's too soon, I think. But something where the Borderlands 2 was last generation. Yes, it was. And so, like, that's another reason why I think the graphical yeah, thing yeah. is, like, insane. But it is cool, and I they announced the four classes. One of them is, like, a beast master, mm-hmm. so he, like, gets the skags and stuff and has them attack people. There's the... just the siren again, but except she has, like, weird, like, energy arms. Mm-hmm. There's the stealth guy, and then there's, like, the... St- just generic soldier, which is what I person. played before. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who you played. Uh, I played Zero, the assassin, mm. which I should not have because I. He was one of the characters where, like, yes, they have three skill trees, but only one of them is actually good, and the mm. other two fucking suck. So at the end of the game, everyone is really broken, and you're terrible, which is a bummer. So I hope they balance the classes a little better because the Gunzerker was like. <laughs> Boy, he was really good in the previous game. I remember you telling me Willie. I think he broke the soldier to the point where like he couldn't lose any health. Oh, that's the Gunzerker, yeah, oh, and that's like not even like you don't even have to try to do that. It just right. happens. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there are patches for Borderlands Two on PC that like balance quote unquote mm-hmm. all the characters, which I that's awesome. Um, but yeah, people really like Borderlands and Borderlands yeah. 2. I was one of those people. I played Borderlands 2 for like hundreds of hours. I played all the DLC. Um, which, I it had to have been like the first first-person shooter RPG... Like the first, yeah. I think back then it was like it was a unique concept because it was more like a hybrid of a first-person right. shooter and an RPG, not right. necessarily like uh, like Destiny. Yeah. Or... So then, like now, all these loot shooters have spawned right. out of Borderlands. I wonder how. I, I wonder how that affects the perception of this game mm-hmm. when it comes out because I. I hope that it is just like Borderlands 2 again, where it's like a dumb co-op experience and not like 
a Destiny Division right. Anthem, like, games as a service thing, because, like, I don't want that. Like, mm. I just want it to be a full experience on its own without me having to come back to it month after month, and uh, unless there's, like, DLC expansions that add more stuff to it. I, I think that they learned a lot from Borderlands 2, and they put out a lot of DLC and, like, figured out what worked and what didn't. So mm. I, I have faith that they knew what they were doing. It's just, I... When they showed that trailer, and I was like, "Man, five years, huh?" Mm-hmm. <sighs> Might have been uh, actually. I think it was seven. Yeah, I think you, Borderlands Two came out in twenty twelve. Because five years would have been twenty twenty fourteen. Which I would, think in twenty fourteen was the pre sequel, maybe. And somewhere around there, they had the re release, the Handsome Collection. Yeah, as for both of them, but that was just so they could put it out on PS Four and right. Xbox One, which they only did. Two in the pre sequel, one was not on the handsome collection. That is true. One is coming out now mm-hmm. in uh on Steam in like an HD remaster. They also added some enhancements like before the mini map was not on the screen. Mm. So now it is. Because you would have to like fucking go to the pause menu and be right. like, Oh the map and that was whew, that did not age well when no. you go back to that game. Um I remember playing the original Borderlands in my dorm room on an SD TV. Mm, sure that looked really good. It looked really great. I played <laughs> through the whole fucking thing. I basically played it all solo. Mm. Um which I enjoyed. Yeah, I played Borderlands 2 all solo cuz I I got I came in really late and just played the hands. I would have gotten so bored if I played Borderlands 2 solo, I think. Well, I only played like 30 40 hours mm. where you played like thousand hours even then i feel like there was something different about borderlands 2 where it was like it felt a lot more geared towards playing with multiple people Mm. especially like at the end when you fight all the like super hard raid bosses and shit it was just like this is not there was one boss that i ran out of all all ammo and i had to like run up grab some ammo and i'd have to run back and just shoot it it took me probably about an hour to defeat the boss because of the the ammo situation. Wow. <clears throat> so yeah, Borderlands Three is coming out. Yes. I I am excited. I I like it a lot. Which... I the one thing I hope for it mm-hmm. is that they have a different writing team. As far as I understand, they do. <sighs> because a lot of people like what Borderlands Two is putting down. Mm. I am not that person. Like not even a little bit. Because I bet you now. If there was a kid who was, like, 12 to 13 years old, and you told them to play Borderlands 2, about 95% of the dialogue is, like, time-specific meme-related. Oh. That does not age well at all. No, and that... uh, That doesn't age well at all. No, going a little off-topic, that new Disney movie, The Wreck-It Ralph, that's all about the internet and stuff... I guarantee that's going to be the same situation. Oh, almost certainly. Where in like two years, it's going to age very poorly. It, it's not even going to make any but sense. But like, I just remember like just really time-specific memes being in that game and being mm. like, what the fuck is going on? And like some of the character writing was just like, wow, you guys are shooting for something that is the exact opposite of what I want to have happen. So I tuned out a lot of the dialogue. I was going to say, I don't remember any of the story. Oh, don't worry. I remember most of it now. Borderlands 2, I think, has largely a very forgettable story outside of Handsome Jack, like, 
his plot being good. Like, I think that he is a good, unlikable character. Yes. But part of what made him unlikable was every time he spoke, I thought about physically damaging my body. See, I played Tales from the Borderlands, and he plays a huge role in He that. does, and, like, they did a much better job oh, yeah, yeah. in that game of writing because it's not the Gearbox writing team. Because like, it's it Telltale. was Telltale. But that's what I was going to say. Like, when I think of Handsome Jack, I think of more that as, like, a character as character development rather than and like claptrap was one of the first video game characters i remember dabbing so you know it's that's what they were shooting for there has to be someone out there that likes claptrap there are people out there that like claptrap i don't think he's as bad as a lot of people do but i also didn't think that tiny tina was as bad as everybody thought Mm. But I really, really did not like most of Handsome Jack's dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think as a conceptual character, like, where his face was scarred, but he put the mask of his own face over mm. it. Like, all of that stuff, I think, is, like, superb villain writing. But then he would say things, and I would be like, oh, God. Here we are. I have to listen <laughs> to your monologue, because you can't skip this ambient dialogue. Yeah. And, fuck, do you remember in Borderlands 2 how, like... You were following the vault goddess, and it was like that fucking live action chick that would like pop up in the middle of the screen. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, God, man. So, yeah, some of the stuff was rough, but yeah. it's, as a video game, it is fun and yes. stupid. Some of the plot moments, like specific character deaths and mm-hmm. stuff, like had emotional impact, but most of it was just like. Man, see that's why that I'm, a, I'm a little happening? surprised that you are into Borderlands so much, because the story is so bad, and you typically need a, like a decent story to keep. It I going. do so like there is just enough there for right. me to be like I think this world and some of these characters are cool, and now they're doing the thing where they just add the previous playable characters to the plot. Mm-hmm. So like they're in that trailer there are pre-sequel characters and Borderlands 2 characters that are like involved in the plot. Mm-hmm. Even a Tales from the Borderlands character I is saw, in yeah, the yeah. trailer. So like they're now they have made enough characters to make like a compelling world whereas in the original it was like the four vault hunters Marcus and Scooter and there right. was like no one else in the world other than Claptrap. So, you Which- know, Scooter dies in Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, so I they Spoiler seem to alert. have kept that kept that because he's not in the trailer. Yeah. He'll come back. He'll be fine. He'll be like, this is where the cars live. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, Borderlands. Yeah. yeah I'm excited. Yeah. We're, September. We're both fans. Yeah, so I'm ready for that. Next on the docket, PlayStation had their Nintendo Direct uh called playstation state of play which it had to be a huge bummer for them when during the state of play nintendo direct was trending Mm. because people kept tweeting out playstation nintendo direct (laughs) uh probably not what they were shooting for um it started out and you're like oh man they got marvel rights to the new iron man this is gonna be awesome and then all of a sudden you find out it's a VR game. So like and... I this is this is what I don't understand about this PlayStation State of Play thing. I would have expected them to for their first like Nintendo Direct style stream where they're going to shoot out a message straight to the people that care about their products. I would have expected them to have like some big announcements or like something big to show. Days gone. And they had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they had literally nothing. Uh 
Like some of some of the announcements were cool, right. but like nothing like what Nintendo usually has, where they have one like crowd pleaser that's gonna make everybody lose their fucking gourd. Like, did I get excited when they said that there would be Crash Nitro Kart content in the Crash Team Racing remake? Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Did I like get out of my chair and cheer? Like, not not really. So. When your big first-party thing you're showing is a fucking Days Gone trailer, a game that's going to be out in a couple weeks from then, mm-hmm. like, maybe hold back your thing. Hold back your thing. Yeah, I mean, th- this was very underwhelming. And, like, one of their big bullet points was that they delayed Concrete Genie. And it was like, who's excited now? Like, not me. I wanted to play that game so bad. Yeah, look, it... Oh God, when did they show that? Fucking at TGS, like, a hundred years ago. Okay, yeah. And it's been delayed, like, four times. It looks really cool. It's, like, about a kid who is bullied in school, so, like, his outlet is that he draws with, like, crazy chalk, mm-hmm. like, basically does graffiti of these monster dudes on, in the, like, I don't know, the back alleys of where he lives. Um, and then they eventually like come to life and you sort of use them as like environmental puzzle solving. Like you can go into the wall and then like the monster will like extend his arm and you can do a bunch of weird shit. It looks really cool. Um, so that's delayed to the fall. But the thing that I found interesting about this was Sony seems to be doubling down on VR in a way that I think they really need to. So for people who own a PlayStation VR... This was probably a cool thing because what happens a lot of the time is I personally usually feel like Sony is letting the PlayStation VR die on the vine, but that's, right. that is not the case. Like they put out VR titles all the time. Yeah. It's just, no one knows that. Yeah. I mean, because like, they're all weird downloadable releases that never get any coverage. Uh, Astrobot last year. Like Astrobot was super good. Yeah. Moss was super good. But like outside of that, there's usually like a VR game a week on that store right. and no one fucking plays that. So, like, for this, I think they, the main three things that they showed were very good for VR. Like, they also had weird stuff like everybody's golf has right. a VR mode. Like, why the fuck do I want to play golf in VR? And a couple other things. But, like, the fact that they got the Iron Man VR experience, like, mm-hmm. that's probably just, like, a very glorified tech demo where yeah. it kind of feels like you're Iron Man. But, like, people will do that. I would enjoy trying that once or twice that that's cool that they got that license but five nights at freddy's i think is the like as much as it's easy to say like oh it was like a trash ass mobile game that this dude put out like a hundred in a two-year period like it was still really popular oh, and like I that is it. a I, that is a big name get for them to do and like as simple as those games are like they were still pretty scary depending on how you played it like i think playing it on your phone maybe not but like they, they came to steam stuff like that i so in, playing it in VR is probably, like, creepy as fuck. My perception of Friday Night, Five Nights at Freddy is it's more for kids, and I may be incorrect about You're that. You're kind of incorrect, yeah. Okay. Because, uh, like, there's this whole... So the thing, the way I got into Five Nights at Freddy's was watching a bunch of, like, crazy people theory videos, mm. because there is this, like, whole through line through all of them where they're telling this interconnected story about how, like, a security guard got killed by the animatronics and all this just fucking wild shit. Mm. And so it, it did end up being popular with kids, but right. that was because it was easily accessible for right. people on phones. I don't know that it was meant to be that. 
Right. And uh, I was going to, my point was, I don't know if there's a ton of overlap between people who are really into Five Nights and Freddy and people who own a PlayStation VR. That, that was just Oh, that's probably true. But I mean, this, it is a big name to get for right, this right. scenario, especially because the dude who makes them is like one dude and he mm-hmm. hadn't made a new one in a long time. Right. Uh, I have to imagine he kind of burn out and ran out of some ideas. Uh, definitely. And there was the whole thing where like, one of the last games he put out was a turn-based RPG where you like went around this amusement park and collected the robots, mm-hmm. which I thought looked pretty dope as someone who likes RPGs, but it was so broken that he had to refund everyone who bought it and oh. give them the game for free. And he like apologized and stuff. And I don't remember if he made another one after that, hmm. but he, he was a cool guy. Like, he, right, right. I mean that most developers would never do that. They'd right, be like, right. you paid for this eat shit. Uh, so it's cool to see them doubling down on VR because hopefully it means that they are still committed to doing that. Yeah, which we'll talk about it in a bit, but I think Dreams could have could be great for VR as well. Yeah. So on the other hand, this is not about the um, PlayStation state of play, right. which I forgot to write on here, but did you see that the Nintendo Labo VR will support odyssey and breath of the wild at launch yeah yeah i I would not want to play odyssey in vr but if the breath of the wild one is cool enough i would buy a stupid ass labo vr to see what that shit is like Mm. because the way that i like i liked exploring that world like doing that where it's like enveloping my whole vision would be wild right except for the part where my switch would be barely being held into a piece of cardboard with no straps or anything i mean i could duct tape it together you know but that doesn't seem ideal well you could in theory do that now you i could duct tape the switch to my face yeah, but yeah. will it be a vr experience who knows i don't know how much the cardboard from labo is going to change that there maybe. might be like a lens in there i don't know <laughs> that comes out in like the same day as mortal Kombat. I think. right yeah i'm gonna play mortal Kombat instead of purchasing a labo vr but depending on how cool people say it is maybe my first mm-hmm. vr headset will be the labo vr yeah I was very close to buying the PlayStation VR over Black Friday, mm-hmm. but then I decided to be fiscally responsible for once, and that was a bummer. Which, our, our good friend uh, Jumbo was one of the reasons why you were thinking about buying it. Well, yeah, because he was working at Best Buy, and he was like, if you get this, it'll be good for me. They'll be like, what? You got sales? And then I was like, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> No, I I really wanted to because I had bought Tetris Effect, right? And I was like, I want to see this cool ass Tetris in VR, right? And then like Astrobot and Moss was the bundle, so it was like the two games that everyone right. was raving about are like the coolest things on the planet. And so, I don't know. Like to to me, there has been no like VR killer app. I guess Super Hot VR is like the coolest thing I can possibly think well, of. I, Tetris Effect sounds like it was. Tetris like Effect is cool oh. too, but like you can also just play Tetris Effect outside of VR. Well, yeah. Like but... at least Super Hot, I played it outside of VR in the original, but it changes the experience completely. What is the one where you with the sword? Beat Saber. Beat Saber I would be, sounds cool. I would be way into Beat Saber because I like mm-hmm. rhythm games, but right. it's just one of those things where 
a lot of the time, it feels like every VR game, with the exception of like Resident Evil Seven, right? It just feels like a glorified tech demo yeah. that like is not a full fledged game. It was just like something someone made to show at a trade show to be like, look at VR. Mm-hmm. And I would really like for games to not be that anymore. See, <laughs> but I, at the it's same... such like a low install rate that they can't justify making like. I mean, Borderlands Two is in VR now, and like Skyrim is in VR, but like they just don't work the way that you would want them to work not just that but the other thing is do you really want to have a 60 hour experience in vr i do because to me that sells it to me i know that people get really sick if you do it for more than an hour but like what good is it if our cool future where we all live in headsets 24 hours a day is not becoming a reality that's probably a good thing no we need to get there matt everything in the headset because like if you want to go get a glass of water, you have to, like... It's a whole process when you're playing It is, VR. yeah. Or if I need to look at my phone, it's right. a, it's a whole thing, yeah. And, like, that that's the part of it that sucks. Right. But also, there has yet to really be a video game product mm-hmm. that has shown me that, like, this is the future of video games. Like, I do think that VR has... good applications outside of video games as well like it could be like really good for learning how to do like surgery or to show like a virtualization of a house for like real estate purposes or like to have someone be like this is what your desired building outcome would be like like i Mm -hmm. think it's good for that kind of stuff but that's not a game i that's like a real world real life application i don't want to turn this into a whole big deep discussion yeah but i would argue that the switch may be that with labo vr no just no no you're (laughs) saying like you don't have like a new technology that is showing the future and i'm saying what about the switch oh the switch is cool i agree but it's also like it's a combination of two types of already existing well yes but everyone's saying how mobile gaming is the future i disagree with that still but what if it gets to a point where like the Switch can handle these highly powerful games or something like that, and then you add, and then all the companies are doing that. Sony's got its own version where well, yeah, that's the streaming future because that's what Stadia is like. In, right. So that's another weird thing is like in Japan, mm-hmm. games are already being streamed to the Switch like that. Like PSO two in Japan is that like it is streamed from Sega servers to the Switch. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know they were, it was... Yeah, so, like, there are a couple on games Switch. on the Switch that are already streamed to it, mm-hmm. not here in the U.S., but in Japan. Which, Japan... Because their internet infrastructure right. is way better, but... Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that is cool, but I'm just saying, like, as a brand new technology, mm-hmm. like, I... I Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Which, yeah, I, I don't know if VR is going to be the future... Because I'm sure there were a lot of people that thought motion controls were going to be potentially the future. And look how that turned out. People also thought that, like, 3D TVs for playing hot games would be the future. God, yeah. And, like, fucking Arkham Asylum on your hot 3D TV and stuff like that. Which is cool, but not, like, a great experience. Remember Sony had, like, you... For two-player... Yeah, there was the TV that supported three games. So you could both Mm -hmm. look with your magic glasses and one... You would each see your game. Yeah, but, or you two, you're playing the same. Yeah, game you, you and, would see your like it was motor some motor storm game. Right. the only one I can remember that was supported. That dropped very quickly. It did probably because the development 
of that is really difficult. And I'm guessing most people didn't care enough. No, because not everyone was going to buy that same weird 24-inch TV, yeah. I think it was. It was, like, really small. So, yeah, I don't know. So, it, when it comes to new technology, a lot of it's just testing it out and seeing what ends up working. And I don't know if VR is the future of gaming. I don't either, but I... I would like to see it become more than what it is right now. It could end up being like the Kinect, where the Kinect ended up being very useful outside of gaming. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's really all for the yes. PlayStation State of Play. There was not a lot there. I also think they need to get better at their presentation of it. But whereas, like, it, it's hard to criticize it too much because Nintendo has had years and years to perfect their formula whereas like sony's just coming at this like we have video games too and then right I, which i mean good i think a lot of people give nintendo uh some leeway with that stuff because i think to the last direct and those that those two people talking it See, but that's not a Nintendo Direct. That's like an indie thing. That's a totally separate thing. I well, I'm talking about the in, indie Direct. Yeah, or but that that's different. I mean, Microsoft's right, right. indie thing is the exact same, except that it's fucking Chris Charla right, right. talking to himself. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, wow, Chris, I love you, dude, <laughs> but this shit's rough. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just kind of learn to ignore that and just pay attention to the games. No, I know, but like the, in the actual Nintendo Directs, it's like I I feel so bad because I can't think of the guy's name that does it anymore. But he's mm-hmm. like the lead Switch engineer, right? Like he's fine at it, and like yeah. he doesn't make bad jokes or that we know of because he's speaking in, in Japanese, Japanese and it's being dubbed over. But yeah, like they show enough stuff and like it moves along at a clip. Of things that are for everyone that right. most people want to see, and then Sony's like, I don't know, do you like VR? If not, I guess get fucked. Wait, so we have Days Gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, that... they also okay. To be fair, they showed the fucking Mortal Kombat trailer of Liu Kang, Kung Lao, mm-hmm. and Jax, which was awesome for right. me because I was very excited that Liu Kang was in it. His bicycle kick you can now meter burn, and it goes a second time. That's awesome. But that's also not for everyone. Right. So. Just going off on a tangent one last time, (laughs) going back to that Mortal Kombat interview. Yeah. Apparently at the Game Awards, you know how it interrupted the Best Sports Award? Initially, it was going to be the Best Family Game. And they were like, well, you know what? Maybe this isn't appropriate for for that. that." So then they switched it to Best Sports Game. That would have been way better. (laughs) That would have been way better. (laughs) Uh, so yeah mortal kombat to me is a family game <laughs> me and my brother play so <sighs> so this i just kind of wanted to briefly mention because we've played it and i think it's a it's a cool game made by one guy yeah it's uh super blood hockey it's coming to all the consoles yeah it's just like an arcade hockey thing where From, there's like no real penalties and you right. can just like beat the shit out of everyone and it, it's ba- it's a throwback to the old super nintendo hockey games yeah, yeah. it's coming out in this month april like 16th i think yeah, something on, like that. on switch and then the other two consoles later so yeah we had played it on pc yes so. i imagine it'll probably be about 10 ish dollars i would guess that as well People are complaining, oh, no internet, but or, there's no online, like, like multiplayer. But, you know, when you're buying a $10 indie game, it's hard to complain about that kind of stuff, I think. Yeah. Like, 
Also, they are adding a new franchise mode, which is cool. Oh, okay, yeah. So there's a whole new single-player mode. That's cool. Yeah. And so the Dreams Early Access thing, this is that is coming out April 16th. Yes. Which they had announced this a while ago. They announced that they were, they were going to go Early Access, but we didn't know when. Yeah. So then they announced which... Do you think you'll get it, or do you think you'll win? I don't think that I will get this, because... I am not the person who is going to be building levels for right. dreams. I would be the person who's playing them more, which he still can do, but right. I just feel like I would rather wait until it's fully released so that I can play the media molecule made levels and then their people will have made their crazy bullshit well, already for months. That's what I was going to say. Like That's what makes this early access so smart, is you're going to have all the people who've been making these levels in early access, so when the game officially releases... Yeah, you have a bunch of cool things that people can play and interact yes. with. And all instantly. Like, yeah, right away. So I, I think that is really smart yes. of them to do. It Dreams is just a cool concept. And like right. the stuff that... We talked about it before, but the stuff that people have done with it mm. is insane and i can't wait to see what people do right. with more time like and not in a time constraint because i guess with this all the people who are in the closed beta like their projects saved and stuff so they can just load right. it up and continue to mm-hmm. mess with it so that that's cool yeah I, I think i'll pick it up i'll try to pick it up i know it's there's a limited amount it sounds like there's going to be a decent amount but it does seem like it's going to be limited so if you're interested, you're going to definitely want to try to pick it up on April 16th. Yeah, yeah. And so the next thing, I knew this was happening. It happened the day after our last podcast. Uh, Atlas had been teasing that there would be a Persona 5-related announcement at the showing of the like alternate ending of the Persona 5 anime. And as everyone figured out about six months ago, it is the special version of Persona 5. So generally what they have done since Persona 3 is they re-release each game with enhanced features and more content. Mm -hmm. So like for Persona 3, it actually had two because there was Persona 3 FES and then Persona 3 Portable. For Persona 4, it was Persona 4 and then Persona 4 Golden on the Vita, which added a bunch of new stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, This time it is called Persona 5 The Royal. And it will be, for PS4, was the only thing they showed in the trailer. Uh, from this teaser, we learned literally nothing other than that it's called Persona 5 The Royal, and it is coming to the PS4. There was a girl in it who, to me, looks like the female version of the main character. So that had been something they had done in Persona 3 Portable, was you could play as a girl. Um, I, people seem to think she is a new character, which is cool. Um I will buy this product. I hope that it comes out this year, but I think I'm going to be severely disappointed with the way they took so long to localize it last time. Um, I love Persona 5. It is a great JRPG. Uh, They also accidentally may have leaked another character that is playable in it in one of the mobile games, which I can't say why I knew that was going to be a character that you could play as because it spoils most of the plot of Persona 5. But... I knew that that would probably be a thing. Usually what ends up happening with these releases is they add more time to do stuff. So like in the beginning of Persona 5, when you go to bed at night, your cat companion basically says like, hey, go to bed, you can't do anything now. For like three-fourths of the game maybe. And it's really annoying because in all the other Persona games, you can go out at night, upgrade your stats, do some social links, do a bunch of different stuff. 
So that's probably something that they will change. And I, they are probably going to add at least one, maybe two more characters. And they, they generally fix the pacing, because sometimes these games have like really bad pacing issues in the mid-game. Persona 5, I think, especially mm. is fucking crazy near the end. Like, one of the dungeons it was fucking, like... It felt like it took me eight hours. It was absurd. Um, so that that's cool. There will be more information on April 25th about it, so they'll probably actually, like, say what some of the new content is or what it is at all. Um, in the same vein they released another countdown website at persona5s.jp and they said they will announce what this is on April 25th as well. It seems like it is just Persona 5 for the Switch. Just the original version for the Switch is what it seems like. Uh, So that'll be cool for people who have the Switch. To me, that seems kind of baffling that Mm. you would release a version that has a bunch of new content but then not put that out on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll find out because it's not like it's getting graphical enhancements. It's right. gonna be the same thing. That shit was on PS3 and PS4. You could easily put it on the Switch with no issue. Man, that is that is a strange decision. If they I, do that. that that is what they make it seem like, unless it's like a Dragon Quest S thing where like it has different new content. Like maybe they will add a female playable character to just the main game Mm -hmm. and like that would be enough content in its own self because it's like playing a completely different set of dialogue who knows we have to wait until april 25th to find this out don't worry i'll be up at 6 a.m or whatever the fuck the time in japanese is here to check it out live i did it for the announcement of persona 5 wow i watched the whole stream so did you get up or did you just stay i stayed up i believe that I believe that is a Saturday night. No. 24th is going to be in the middle of the week. It's a Thursday night. Yeah. Damn it. Well, I won't stay up this time. If it's Thursday night, I don't work Fridays. Boom. I will stay up. But I don't know. There's something special about it because you're with a bunch of other American people in a Japanese-only speaking stream. It makes you feel cool. I think the 21st is Sunday. Because that's Easter. The 23rd has to be Tuesday. The 22nd is Monday. 23rd is Tuesday. 24th is Wednesday. Alright, so the 25th is when it will be happening. So it's probably 6 a.m. 24th to... I said 24th to the 25th because... It is the 25th? It's the 25th in Japan, so I think it will be... Okay. Yeah, like 6 a.m. here, I think. On the... Okay. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Anyways, I'll find out in the morning either way. Right. So that's cool. There will be new Persona 5 stuff, so anyone who is waiting to play it should continue to wait because mm-hmm. you can just get some hot, cool new version. Cool. Uh, Sony added a refund policy for PSN, finally. They really needed this very badly. Uh, I still would argue it needs to be tweaked a little bit, but it's a good start. I think it's fine because their current <clears throat> refund policy is that there are none. Well, yes. So when you download a game that literally is fucked and you cannot play it, they will not give you a refund. But it, this is if if a game isn't in downloaded or installed. Yes. So, I mean, they still will give refunds. They always give this terrible reasoning of like, this is just a one time. Oh, right. I've gotten refunds multiple times okay. from them. But I've never actually gotten a, this, tried to this get a refund. This is 
good because then mm-hmm. if a game is actually fucked or like for some reason it won't install on your PS4 or whatever, you can actually get a refund. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they will change it slightly so that it's like I, I don't know. I, right. To me, the concept of getting a refund because you just don't enjoy something is is yes. dumb. Right. Because like in theory, if you're gonna spend like sixty dollars on something, like maybe you should know what the fuck it is yes. beforehand. But I'm thinking like if you buy a multiplayer game, multiplayer focused game. Oh, and then like it's the servers are dead or yes. whatever. Yeah, like you should be able to get a refund. That's what I was going. It's to like argue. literally unplayable or broken. Yeah. Yes, yes, but yes. I mean, how many people have bought like a game like inside or something like that and then just rushed through the entire game and then got the refund which happens on steam yeah and that's it sucks yes yes but steam also has the issue of like sometimes you're like i don't even know if my computer will handle this i guess i'll buy it and try it and if it doesn't work i'll get the the refund yeah so like that stuff i get but there is no scenario in which you will download a game on your ps4 and it won't be able to run it yes yes so which if it can't run it that means the game is broken that means there's something very wrong (laughs) on either your ps4's end or the game is just uh, yes not working yeah so i i don't know that's cool yeah they added that i more consumer friendly stuff like that is always good right um and then there's a new dead cells expansion yeah it's called like something of the giants do you have that or have you not i have not downloaded it because i started playing a different roguelite okay but i think it's free right now it is free yeah i don't think they're gonna charge for many if or any of the dlc things this seems pretty big it is yeah they added a lot of new bosses and levels levels and stuff yeah new skins Mm -hmm. like 50 new skins i think it said yeah so the the skin thing was in like the beta branch of it for a long time now Mm. so people have been showing off what those skins are for a very long time okay I, i think that's cool uh i'm i'm excited to try to jump back in and see i think you could what's going on I, I think i could beat it too nukio beat it uh he like jumped in with the new patch and right. beat it as well yeah because so. if i can beat it you can beat it yeah i just have not tried right. after the one run but now that there's more new stuff in there mm. i think it will be more interesting to like see what new weapons are and stuff yes so that's cool and this last one I added right before coming. Here. I did not see this. What? What is? What? I didn't. I, I. The link I saw just took me to the Japanese website, and I can't read Japanese. But it's uh, the Japanese Ape Escape website updated for the first time in eight years. I forgot to add website. Okay. It. That's why you probably didn't have any context, and that's all I really know. So. It's all in Japanese, so obviously I can't, re- and I can't read Japanese. Yeah, so I have no idea. Well, hopefully it means that there will be a new fucking Ape Escape game because it is about goddamn time. Or maybe at least a remaster of one and two. I no, I will not accept a remaster of Ape Escape one and two. I will only accept a new Ape Escape game. We deserve it, Matt. What if they remaster and then the next year they have a three, so everyone can catch up and then play the third one? Well, there's like. There's already like five Ape Escape games, but well, yeah, but I Sony made the first two, and then after that, it's Ubisoft. No, Sony made all the Ape Escape games. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I don't know, man. That's mm-hmm. why I think it's fucking annoying. It's like they didn't put Ape Escape on the PlayStation Classic because it didn't have analog stick control yet, which was the whole point of fucking Ape Escape. And well, then they like they didn't re-release them for. 
they like have never re-released them. They re-released Ape Escape 3 as right. a PlayStation 2 classic, which is ironically the only one I literally own on PS2. They, I don't know why they hate Ape Escape as a franchise. I don't know what's going on. Well, something could be happening with it. Hopefully. You I, don't update a website if you're I doing mean, nothing. Sometimes they do. I guess sometimes. Because you have to just save the... Um, you're going back in to renew the domain or oh, whatever. Right, right. Um, but I, I would guess that it's some type of not E3 announcement. Maybe right. they're getting ready for a new state of play announcement <laughs> that people can actually get excited about. That would be something that people would. I would excited get excited about. about a new Ape Escape because those were fun games. Right. That Which are, that are just have a lot of personality and are kind of stupid. It was what Sony Japan. Yeah. What have they really made recently? I, I think they've made some VR stuff, but like, Knack 2 is a game that I... I can't think of one off the top of yeah. my head, because they had made... Oh, God. They, like, worked on The Last Guardian with... Right. Oh, yeah. and then Shadow of the Colossus, that remaster was last year. That wasn't them, though. They, they didn't that was an, it? That was an outside port studio. Oh, okay. Blue Hole. So, so yeah, I don't know what they. I have been no idea. With. Yeah, David Jaffe recently. I was on April Fool's Day, so who knows? He tweeted out a picture of Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal, mm. and said, basically, like this is not an April Fool's joke. We'll get to announce something about this character possibly coming back in the near future, and I don't think there should be another Twisted Metal game, but. That is also another weird Sony thing that people could get excited about if I that happens. I'm surprised Sony has him around still. They don't. He didn't. Work, he doesn't work for Sony. Well, the he he was still because it was an exclusive. What drawn to death? Yeah, but the, he was his studio that right. made that piece of but absolute dog. But that's what I'm saying. Like he's still connected to Sony in some way. I know he doesn't. He's not a direct employee. But I'm. I'd be surprised if you know. Sony kept him around after Drawn to Death because that was an abomination of a video game. Yeah, it really sucked. But I'm going to be honest. I think David Jaffe, that was all of his stuff, generally. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. it sucked, but he just seemed like a 13-year-old writing in his notebook who was way into heavy metal. And, mm -hmm. like, that's how Twisted Metal and the original God of War games right. and Drawn to Death would come to be. Mm -hmm. And that is just not an aesthetic that I really enjoy or can get behind. I don't think it's an aesthetic anybody. No, some in people this, some In this day like and age, I, Drawn to Death specifically was really bad, but, like, I could see... A twisted metal. A twisted metal or God of War mm -hmm. in its original form, why people would like that. Drawn to Death was... No. Boy. Yeah, that was... Just the worst. <laughs> I, I, I remember there were just a lot of bad... I don't even know if you can call them quips. They were lines that insulted you as a person... But I don't think I could call them quips. No. They've... No. So, don't play Drawn to Death. No. Don't. Very bad shooter. Mm -hmm. Not... Don't... Oh, God. I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> I have it for free on the PlayStation. Congratulations. It was given away as a PlayStation Plus game mm -hmm. one month. All right. So let's move into the games that we have been playing. Yes. Which, before we do, I just kind of want to 
Uh, I haven't played a lot of games. I've been just kind of taking a break. But on Wednesday, for the first time in my life, I played Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And that was a pretty good experience. Was it actually? Yeah. Interesting. I, uh, as you know, I'm kind of like the moderator of a Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when you have a group of people together, even if it's like it's a sports-related Discord, but there's going to be a lot of nerdy guys in there that mm-hmm. like video games and stuff. And one of them, I guess he's really into Dungeons and Dragons, so he wanted to like be a DM. And I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. So he... Like made me a character, and you know there was five of us that all went off on an adventure. Nice. And I rolled very poorly. <laughs> I played D and D for the first time last year, and oh. it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. So I hope to do it again sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you want to hop in, just let me know. And all right. I know it's an Islanders Discord, but he, they wouldn't care. Well, you know how much I love the New York Islanders. Yeah, so yes. I mean, yeah. But no, I don't think they would care if you, you want to just hop in the... Because uh, we're just doing it on D20, the website. Oh, yeah, I, which I believe we also used when mm-hmm. we were doing it. Because um, one of my friends like mm-hmm. got way into DMing. And oh, so yeah. he like makes all his own shit, like right. maps and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. which this first one, he was just doing like an intro because like, myself and another guy, it was the first time we'd ever done it. So he basically just wanted to kind of test the waters with us. With this one adventure, which we got to finish at some point next week, but then he wants to turn it into do like a bigger adventure where like a couple times a month we get together on probably like a Wednesday. So yeah. if that's something you'd be interested in, I can kind of let him know. And, yeah, I'll let you know. No. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to briefly mention. Yeah, that. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so you have played two games over the past two weeks. I've played technically three, but okay. Uh, I, the one I've played probably the most is Mass Effect 2. Okay, which you have played with me. Yes. And we are nearing the end of the Mass Effect 2. Yeah, we've done every loyalty mission. Every loyalty mission, so now we can go to the very end, which for those who don't know is literally titled The Suicide Mission, because mm-hmm. if you did not do the proper things to prepare before the end of the game, some of the characters can die. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably won't have anyone die. Because I know how to do it, but I've also done it, like, five times. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It continues to just be, like, fun and good. Like, it, right. it, it aged pretty well, I think, in comparison to the first one. Oh, yeah. And it the dialogue and the characters, I think, are still fantastic. Yeah, I think, so. I think if that game came out in this year, it would probably make a lot of top ten lists. Yeah, I would still enjoy it. The first one, no. The first one definitely had some issues, but that's also due to how old it is, I think, for sure. Right. And it was their first shot at making something like mm-hmm. that because all their games before that had been turn-based yeah, yeah. or semi-turn-based RPGs, whereas not a shooter at no, all. No. So. Yeah, this, cool. this was... This was in that time period where there was a, which we've discussed this many times, there was a transition in the third-person shooter genre, and the the first one, a lot of, a lot of third-person shooters in that time period just weren't quite there. Yeah. But yeah, Mass Effect 2 continues to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to The Division 2, which I played for maybe three, four hours more, and then I just kind of got burn out with how hard the game is 
and it's not it's like where Sekiro which you'll talk about in a little bit like that is like a rewarding difficulty mm-hmm. where this is just like difficult because there are just so many enemies and I'm just redoing the same thing over and over again and eventually I kill them all and then I can move to the next part where I just die a t- bunch of times until I kill them all and I it, it just does, it never really felt rewarding and I think it's just because I'm not playing with other people probably I, that that's a hundred percent what the issue is. So I just kind of got burnt out by you know twenty hours in. Hmm. Do you think you're gonna give up now, or do you think you're gonna keep going? I uninstalled it last week, and yeah. I haven't really okay. thought well, about playing it again. Nice. No division two then. No. Have you played ten new games this year yet? Oh, not even close. Okay. Crackdown two continues to be my number one game. Three. Three, yes. <laughs> Crack. I'm trying to think. Uh, games I finished: Crackdown and Far Cry. Mm, I've beaten five or six now, seven maybe. But I have a bunch of games like Rage Two is coming out, Wolfenstein's coming out. I, I still think Doom's gonna be coming out. Um, Days Gone's gonna be coming out. Yeah, man. <laughs> I can't wait. Dreams is legitimately gonna be. They're they're. I'll get to ten like without. Issue. No, I know. I was just wondering. Because last year, I remember starting in September, I was like, man, this has been a terrible year. For me personally, I thought it was a very underwhelming year. And then I think like eight of my games came out in September. Yeah. Or later, so I ex- I fully expect the same thing this year. Alright, well I have been in video game mania mode. I played more than these four games. I just didn't write the other ones down. The first one, which I beat the other night, was One Piece World Seeker, which I talked about a little bit last time. It still continues to be not a very good game, Mm -hmm. but not bad. It's fine. And I beat it, and I definitely could get the Platinum Trophy. I just decided that I can't do it. Because there is one specific thing, which is finding all the fucking treasure chests that will be too tedious for me to want to do it. Um, In the end, I think the plot of it is okay, like, because the person who writes the One Piece manga wrote the plot. That part is okay, and there were actually some genuinely interesting moments where he somehow managed to introduce characters that definitely should not have been in this game into it. Uh, and so, like, that part was cool. It's, like, kind of a weird story about this girl and her brother who lost their mom, and then the brother is, like, really angry all the time after that. I I don't know. Mm. It's fine. Still, at the end, it still seemed like there was only really one combo to do against all the enemies, so, like, that part never got any better. I just figured out how to find openings more. Mm-hmm. Or, like, block specific things so that you could get in hits. Which, still, some of the fights are so fucking frustrating because the camera does not work very well mm-hmm. and targeting people is an absolute nightmare. But, like, the combat itself is fine and you eventually, by the end of the game, you have a bunch of skills that make it so that you're way stronger and it just... Fucking me, man. I don't know. Someday there will be a good One Piece game and I will be able to celebrate that there is a good One Piece game. This is not it. Would you like to take the movement of this game and put it in another game, or is it not even good enough? I don't think it's good enough for that. Okay, so you want 
Just completely scrap this entire game. 100%. Just get rid of it. Don't let Gambarion make another One Piece game. They're going to keep making them, but they should not be. Mm-hmm. And do, they, do they sell well outside of Japan? No, I don't even think this one didn't sell well in Japan. I oh. think it normally these types of games would chart at number one uh, for the week they come out. And I think it was like fourth in sales or something. <laughs> I mean, one... Well, what is it even competing with in Japan? Uh, it got beaten by Devil May Cry 5, which okay, that's... had been out for weeks. Yeah, yeah. And something else that had come out. I don't remember. Anyways, right. it did not win, and that's sad. That, yeah, that, which maybe that that could mean one of two things. Either One Piece games are done, or maybe someone else will take the reins. I No, I mean, they will keep making them in Japan. Oh, I, they, you think so? They do not give a fuck about the sales of One Piece games. So then why... It, I mean, because it's, just, not... it's one of the most popular media franchises on the planet. Like, but if it's the... not selling well, then they're not going to keep making games. Oh, like they you know. definitely will, regardless. Oh. Like, the, a lot of the Naruto games, other than Ultimate Ninja Storm, didn't sell well, but they kept fucking cranking those mm. out every six seconds. Same thing with Dragon Ball. It's just like One Piece literally is like one of the top five highest grossing media franchises of all time. Right. So they're going to keep putting out whatever just to keep it going. Hmm. And I think that Namco actually might have to put some out every so often to keep the license. So. Okay. That makes sense. The next game that I played is Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Now, everybody knows that I love Marvel vs. Capcom as a fighting game. 3v3 fighting games, I think, are cool, especially to watch. I was going to say, less to play and more to watch. That is what this game is. It is a 3v3 fighting game that feels exactly like Marvel uh, with Power Rangers. And that is because two very prominent Marvel vs. Capcom pro players, Shady K and Clockwork are the combat designers on this game. Mm -hmm. And boy, you sure can tell that Clockwork helped make this game because fucking combos are ridiculous. Just like literally everything you try to do, you're like, this seems broken as fuck. And it is, Mm -hmm. but everybody else also has things (laughs) that are just as broken. So like there are points where like there's this character called Magna Defender and he can literally do 100% of your health bar in like four different combo strings. But other characters have shit like that too. So it's not it seems janky and busted in exactly the right way. Well, the other thing about Marvel is there's the whole like oh, it's infinite and it takes out a character's health. Really, if you think about it as the three characters as one health bar, one character is a third of your health. So really, I mean, these combos are doing what? Like a third of your health? Well, Marvel got rough, though. At the In end Mar- of Marvel yes, 3's yes. life cycle, because it was like, you literally get a touch of death mm-hmm. combo on one character. The next character's coming in, it's literally a 50-50 yes, into yes. another touch of death. And then a third 50-50 mm-hmm. into another touch of death. Like, shit's crazy. Which, um... Uh, the Dragon Ball Fighter Z kind of fixed that where the two fighters then come together. There's that the there's clash, the yeah. Clash, so there the, is no 50 50 yes, after yes. that, which is kind of lame in my opinion. I think they should have to 50 you know, 50 50 50 that <laughs> shit. But, anyways, so like so much in this game seems broken, and right. there are only nine characters. The production value is, I would say, hilariously low, but it is also a $20 product, yes. right? 
And so they are definitely, they they have a mobile game. The company that makes it is called Enway. They have a mobile game called Power Rangers Legacy Wars, which they definitely ripped all of the models that are in this game from that mm-hmm. to put in this and then gave them their own like fighting game movesets. Uh so that I think they get a free pass on that part, even though I think the character models actually look okay. Right. It's the backgrounds that are like atrociously bad. Like it's it's not good, man. In fairness it's to them, it's not good. In fairness to them, if I am playing a fighting game, I do not pay attention. Oh, to I oh, at all. I definitely do. But this, how do you, you even look? It's at the impossible for you not to notice. If I'm watching a fighting game, like then I'm looking at the background and stuff. But if I'm fighting, like I don't. It's I it's don't literally care. impossible for you not to notice it. Okay, the what the stage that I think is the most egregious. There's only like five stages. Is the command center, which anyone who has watched the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers will remember because it's where Zordon is. Okay. Fucking, it looks like someone made it in two hours on some random afternoon. Like, it doesn't look correct at all. And you fucking see Zordon's head in the background because he's just a disembodied floating head. No. (laughs) No, man. It's it's crazy. Like, you compare him to the depth on each actual mm. character model in the fight, and you, like, put that up in a side-by-side comparison with Zordon, and you're like, what the fuck? What happened? What did you get this on? A PS4. Because, it, okay, so it originally came out on Switch and Xbox One. Right. Like, uh, at the end of March, and then it came out uh, this past Tuesday on April 3rd. Or no, April 2nd. Whatever, it doesn't matter. On April 2nd on PS4. And yeah, it's fucking rough, dude. The graphics are rough. Everything about it is rough. So, like, the part where it is a fighting game and you are fighting other people is fine. Mm -hmm. Except for before it came out on PS4, there was a bug where you could not block low. It's (laughs) very serious oversight. That's crazy. Especially in a game that's like Marvel. Yeah. Because if you can fucking get one launcher, they're fucking done. So, that is fixed now. There are definitely some other bugs that, like, seem like, oh, well, maybe they were intended for this. Like, one of the characters basically has, like, a shotgun blast. It does more damage when they're blocking. <laughs> because all four of the things do damage when they block instead of the when they actually do it on hit. Right. So, like, it does fucking so much chip. And I was watching a tournament where Clockwork and Shady K were commentating. Someone did that, and Clockwork was like, oh, we fixed that. Because <laughs> it was so fucked up. So there was a bunch of stuff that I thought was, like, this seems extra broken. And Clockwork said, like, hey, we're fixing that stuff. Right. Um, it definitely is something that, like, they must have tried to make as a passion project to mm-hmm. show Enway, like, hey this will be cool and people will like it because it just, there are so many things that seem weird. They originally announced that it was going to have like a story mode and 15 characters at launch. There are only nine characters, but the day after it came out on PS4, they said that there are three more characters that they showed that will be coming out for free. Mm -hmm. And then there will be, there's at least going to be three characters in the season pass, which I I bought. It's what forty dollars. Forty dollars if you want the game with the season pass right. and some costumes, which I bought that because I'm a nutcase. Uh, 
so there there is at least going to be mm-hmm. 12 characters in the base game. Okay. I bet you anything they will add another set of three free characters to get it up to the 15 that they had said, uh, and then the three characters mm-hmm. from the season pass. Right. That mobile game has 74 characters in it, mm-hmm. so like they can pull they can pull a shitload of different types of characters if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, the only single-player content that we have is arcade mode. Which I have not heard It's seven about. fights, okay? And then in the last two, maybe three, depending on who you play as, it's just a text box. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, like, you might find me typing out in a text message to someone. Like, it is not... It's really fucking bad. So I beat it with the Mastodon Sentry, which is the Black Ranger, and if anyone, not a single person who listens to this podcast will ever have read the Power Rangers comics, but basically Zack gets cloned and then is used as, like, a soldier. It's like he's they're clone troopers, but they're all Black Power Rangers with guns. Okay. Okay. His, no shit, you beat the final boss, and his only line of dialogue that is just in text says, wow, I didn't think I was strong enough to do that. <laughs> that's it. Fucking that's it. And it rolls the credits and you're like, wow, that sucked. And I saw some other people online doing it just to like try to figure out how to play the game. And they're all like that. Mm-hmm. There is no real content. So there, in theory, there should be a story mode that they claim they're adding in a free update. That'll be terrible as well. Um, Here's the important question. Yeah. Has Willie played this? He has. We had a lot of fun playing it. I was going to ask, what is, how does Willie so play that, it? So that, Willie likes it, and what I think is cool, because Willie, my brother, played Marvel at a very high level. Yeah, he is, <laughs> he's like the uh, the fighting game savant that we know, I guess I would call yeah. him. Like, he, he just, he can play at a level that you and I just can't even know. But, like, it is it is very clear that they had two Marvel pros make yes. this game. And so, like, people who are way into Marvel, like, pro players play it and love it. Like, Justin right. Wong helped balance it. Like, Yipes is playing it. Like, Maximilian was playing it on stream. Like, all these people. Mm-hmm. And all of them are just like, yo, this game kind of sucks. But the part where you fight each other is just enough broken Marvel bullshit where you can do, like, the dumbest combos. Like, Mm -hmm. and Clockwork, every time he's out there, tries to talk about how they tried to make an open-ended combo system so, like, it allows for combo creativity. Mm -hmm. And you just see, like, the wildest (laughs) shit. I think they're going to remove the two infinites that are in the game, especially the one the Green Ranger has because it is too easy to do. I can do it. So that's how you... It's literally just you swap between two buttons, like, two regular attacks, and as long as you get the rhythm correct they literally can't get out of it and the damage doesn't scale properly in it either so you do kill (laughs) uh so it's really fucked up i what i think is a bummer is fucking no one is gonna stick with this game so like all the tournaments that they had had for it this week because it just came out they'll probably never have another one but i would love to see people like figure out just the dirtiest shit in this game which I may never see, but I I would love for that to happen. I would love for Maximilian to play this game again. He definitely never will, especially because Mortal Kombat, a real fighting game, comes out at the end of this month. But, well, Sonic Fox was streaming it the other mm. night. He was also really doing well at it. He was enjoying it. I'm shocked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm shocked that he was able to play at a high level. Anyways, yeah, it's very fun. They also don't have, you can't matchmake against your friends currently, which is like a huge oversight. Right. The netcode somehow does not seem bad. Like, it seems fine. 
it's it's baffling. It's like such a fucking weird product. Like you look at it from the outside, like if you just watch a trailer or saw someone play right. it, and you're like, this looks fucking terrible. Yeah. But then if you know what Marvel plays like, and then you watch some more of it, or you play it yourself, you're like, oh man. There's actually something to this. And for a $20 fighting game with Power Rangers characters, like, mm-hmm. it's good right. for, for that. And I I am excited to dick around with it more. I mean, I'm never going to get good at it. Right. They also, if you are worried that you suck at fighting games, it is simple as shit, dude. There's only light, medium, heavy. Mashing each one does a three-hit combo. And then there are no inputs. It's just X... For a special forward X or back X. And then there's like throw and super and Megazord combos and stuff. So it can get complex, but like just basic input. Right. So stupid easy. Which, I mean, the the original Marvel, or Marvel 3, it it had that like easy mode as well. Or you could do like crazy combos. and It did, it, yeah. But it's, it's not like you still have to string together the stuff. Yeah, it's yes. just like for the sake of like input error right there is none unless you're just pushing a button at the wrong time or you don't understand when to cancel an animation mm-hmm. so like it's not like people who are like you try to tell them like oh yeah you quarter turn forward is how you do a hadouken and they're like what and they mm-hmm. can't figure it out just forward x like it does that like kind of like some mortal Kombat stuff right um so it's a lot easier for i think for if anyone was going to try to get into it no one's going to try to get into it mm-hmm. but if they wanted to you could Maybe someday they'll add voices. It doesn't have voices. No, not even a little bit. So the one that's particularly egregious to me is, like, you know in fighting games, they all, like, when they enter, they, like, do a pose or, like, say some quip. Most of them just come in and they, like, do a flip or something. Mastodon Sentry literally busts out a walkie-talkie, hits the button, and it makes the walkie-talkie sound, and then there's just, like, an abnormal amount of time of nothing. And then he puts it away and the battle starts. And I was like, I feel like he should have said some words there. Do you think that's a bug? No, definitely not. Because there's no voices at all. Because how do you make that and not think, hey, we need to put some voices in this? Matt, I don't think they were. I think someone gave them $6 and said, you already have the assets from the mobile game here you go and that's what happened so i don't think they they seemed like they barely had enough money to push this out let alone have any amount of voice acting well they could have just said justin wong do it all i would have loved for clockwork (laughs) if this if they yeah exactly a voice patch that's just clockwork and shady k I would... What about Yipes? Just I, have... Okay, if there was a voice... <laughs> I would buy a voice pack of IFC Yipes in literally any video game. It doesn't right, even right. matter. Uh, one of the things that I think is really amazing about this game is that everyone remembers the Green Ranger. Mm-hmm. So his super is him blowing on the dragon flute with the like iconic song. I have not seen a single person stream this game that does not get so hype every time the Dragon Sword comes in and they do the tune. Like, even Max was screaming it when he... It was... Oh, fucking masterpiece. So, yeah. I No one's going to buy this game, but I stand by that it is... It, as a fighting game, as it a, is good. As a $20 fighting game? Oh, even if it was a $60 game, I would say that the, wow. the fighting in it is fine. Oh, wow, that's... Yeah. Because $60, it sounds like you'd have less than 
Street Fighter Five. Oh, I don't care vanilla. about the content. I just care about the fighting. Mm-hmm. So like, which Vanilla Street Fighter Five was was good fighting. It was. I good loved fighting. it. And I loved that game. People yeah. were like sixty dollars. I was like, hey, I get money well spent, man. I played this game for like fucking hundreds of hours. In fairness, that also had the issue of no matchmaking with your friends. Oh, definitely. But that was a triple A game, yes, not like yes. one where they threw clockwork assets and said you can make it. I guess. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm excited mm-hmm. for more of that. But the game that we're all here to talk about, Matt, especially you, I know you were a big fan, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Mm-hmm. Last week, I had played it for maybe... Half hour? Half hour. 45 minutes-ish. Um, I beat it, which means that I am now a video game savant and master. Mm. I'm going to say some things right now that will be offensive to some people, but... I think that this game exposes a lot of Dark Souls frauds, in my opinion. So there are a lot of people out there who are like, man, I love Dark Souls. It's my favorite franchise. It's so hard, and I love getting beaten up all the time, and like people who complain about its difficulty just don't get it or whatever. Those people have all been exposed by Sekiro. Because the amount of people who I saw who I personally know love Dark Souls, that were like, Sekiro's too hard. It's just absurd. Like, so this is this is my thing. And I still love Dark Souls, but I think that if, with some time removed, I think that Sekiro might be my favorite FromSoft game. Okay. And the reason for that is, like, I love Dark Souls 1. Right. Mainly because of how the world is interconnected and made. Did you play that on console? I did, yeah. Because, like, there's that one area that's pretty rough. It's pretty fucked up. That, Like, it was fixed, I know, on PC. Blight Town is one of the worst Blight video Town, game yeah. areas in all of time. And yeah, then it was fixed in the remake, but, like, I've heard bad things Blight about... Town fucking was awful, yeah. But that's not even because of difficulties, right. just because the game bogs down mm-hmm. so bad that it's unbelievable. Now, what did you think of 2? Because I have heard... So, I thought that 2 was fine. I actually enjoyed 2. Mm-hmm. I think 3 was better. Right. But 1, the reason that I fell in love with it so much is because the world is so thoughtfully crafted and it all, like, wraps back around on itself. Mm-hmm. 2 is more like you have a central hub that spokes out in different directions and they never really meet up. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing I liked about Dark Souls 1 was, like, if I had to sit down and tell you how to get somewhere, I could do that. Right. In 2, I would just have to say, yeah, you go here and then go straight mm-hmm. forever. And 3 wraps back around on itself a little bit more, but it not mm-hmm. as much. Yeah, I've just heard 2... I That one I've heard the most of people complaining about, like, quote-unquote unfair bosses. I... At least one, I haven't heard anything negative other than Blight Town. And three, it sounds like anytime I hear people talk about Dark Souls, it's either one or three is their favorite. Yeah, two, for some reason, a lot of people were kind of down on, mm-hmm. which I, I don't really get. I think it was fine. Well, like the, they... the bosses in the DLC were definitely fucked. Okay. Like, I, I did not play that, but a lot of people say it's like. Mm-hmm unbearably bad but even for you you'd put two at the bottom itself yeah i I would go one three two if i had to and then bloodborne below that because i am the only person on the planet that doesn't think bloodborne is the greatest game ever made like everyone else uh so this is what happens to me and like people are out there trying to say that sekiro is not like a souls game and i think that that's fundamentally false like it is it is the same type of aesthetic where like a lot of the mechanics are kind of like obfuscated from you so that Mm -hmm. you have to learn them or like kind of obtuse 
and it is very difficult and like there are there's punishment for dying and it is just like that kind of difficult combat style um whereas in dark souls the main difference is when you kill enemies you get a certain amount of souls and that amount of souls you can use to upgrade your stats like you can get more strength or you can get more like defense those aren't the stats. I don't remember what they're called anymore. Yeah. They're called like fucking poise and all kinds of dumbass bullshit. But you you get those and like say you get stuck on a boss, right? Right. You could go back and kill enemies until you get stronger. So eventually you can brute force your way over a boss. Or what a lot of people in Dark Souls will do is they'll find some strategy to cheese it. Mm-hmm. And like then be like, haha, I got one over on the game. And that's where I personally feel like there is a fundamental difference between Dark Souls and Sekiro, where, like, people are like, oh, Dark Souls is hard, but I can get over this hurdle because, like, I can brute force it or whatever, cheese it. Whenever I beat a boss in Dark Souls, I would always feel like I got one over on the game. Right. When I beat a boss in Sekiro, I felt like, yo, I fucking did this. Like, I beat this boss down, and, like, it felt more like a personal win as opposed to, like, ha-ha, I got one over on the game, fuck you. And when I was talking about The Division, that's kind of what I meant, where, like, Sekiro, you have that personal achievement. Yeah. Where, like, the best example I can give is, like, Mass Effect 2 on the hardest difficulty. Did you ever feel like... Oh, yeah, that was, like, a major accomplishment. (laughs) You're just like, I guess I brute-forced my way, and somehow this time it was different, and I don't know why. And, and like, I I don't think third-person shooters make good, difficult games. No. And and, and that's all I kind of wanted to. Yeah. But, like, going, we can go back to Sekiro, because it it sounds like if you are into the more difficult games and you want to have those personal achievements, you want to get stuck on a boss for four or five hours sometimes and just keep banging your head and eventually figure it out and how to do it. So like the, the thing that I find Sekiro to be different from Dark Souls is like in Dark Souls, you're fighting these bosses and because you can have different weapon types and because you can have different armor types Mm -hmm. and different stats, like you have different builds in that game. Like I would always just be like a walking tank boy until they took away my ability to do that. And I didn't really enjoy those games as much. Because I am the kind of person who tends to, like, start a game and have a play style and keep that play style throughout the whole game. Whereas, if someone wanted to say they like Dark Souls more than Sekiro because there is no, like, build difference in Sekiro, I get that. Like, that's that's just a difference in preference. Or I think it like Sekiro is faster, right? Sekiro is a lot faster. It's closer to Bloodborne in terms of how fast it is. But I also didn't like Bloodborne very much. So. I'm just if you like a little bit slower and more methodical, maybe you would like Dark Souls. Yeah. Or if you're more into that more gothic, yeah, mystique, the Lovecraftian horror style bullshit, or, right? Bloodborne, yeah. where this is more just like Japanese. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, in, the, in, the, in the Sengoku era, so it's samurai and mm-hmm. uh, ninjas. But it just, th- they're fundamentally different in that way. Yes. Whereas Sekiro is much more of an action game. Mm-hmm. And so in Dark Souls, you're like trying to figure out how to approach each enemy. Basically, you want to go in, get a hit, get out so you don't get hit. And in Dark Souls, you have stamina. So each throw of your weapon or each block eats your stamina. Right. So it is you don't want to keep blocking or keep attacking. You have to back away to get your stamina. Sekiro is literally the exact opposite because in Dark Souls, you basically get punished for blocking too much. Yeah, I it, Sekiro doesn't have that because like I because when I played, I'd never played a FromSoft game, but I played Neo 
And I was like, I'm getting punished for blocking, for dodging, for moving, for running, for attacking. Uh-huh. It, and I understand some people like that, but I, I, that was the big thing for me. It's like anything I do, like I'm losing stamina so and I'm getting punished. So Sekiro actually promotes blocking and mm-hmm. attacking in a way that I love. Because okay. like in Dark Souls, like say you're in there and you're mashing on this guy and you're like, oh fuck, he's going to do a mm-hmm. move. I can't get out. I have to block. Like, every time I blocked in Dark Souls, 100% of the time, I would get absolutely dumpstered. Right. Like, just fucked right there, because it'll either, like, they'll keep hitting your block, and you don't have enough time to get away, or, like, they'll break it, and then you're just dead. Right. So, Sekiro, the concept is you have a katana, and you can attack them, and you have your health bar and another bar that is called posture. When they attack you or you attack them, their posture bar fills up. Mm-hmm. But without, if you don't continuously attack them, the posture bar goes back down to its natural state. If you manage to get like a clean hit on them, it'll take away some of their health. Right. And the lower their health bar is, the longer their posture bar stays high. I was going to say, like the goal is to like break their posture Yeah, bar, so right? you basically want to whittle away their health and then keep hitting their sword so that their posture breaks and you can get a death blow, mm-hmm. which is basically just like a move where you basically just like fucking gut this dude or whatever monster thing it is. Mm-hmm. And so most enemies, just regular enemies, will have one death blow. So like if you stealth around, you can stab a guy and kill them immediately. But, like, mini-bosses and bosses will usually I have three death blows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you'll beat them down, do a death blow, have to back off, and then they will get back up and you'll have to do it two more times. Um, and I assume then there's a different phase and then it's a completely different move. In, some, in and... some cases, yeah. Okay. So, like, what I think is cool is, like, the enemies will, like, smash on your guard, like, fucking over and over, and you'll be almost at full posture. In Dark Souls or Bloodborne, you would want to stop blocking. Mm-hmm. In Sekiro, if you keep blocking, your posture goes down faster. Okay. So, like, you do, if you just, like, start running away at full speed, your posture bar just stays up for a wicked long time. But then if you start to block, it goes mm-hmm. down. So it encourages blocking, but also relentless attacking. Um, the main mechanic in order to get posture down is you basically want to deflect their hits. Right. So there are some enemies where it's not intuitive because they don't always use a sword. There are enemies where they use spears and it's kind of different. Um, But basically it's like if you perfectly time your block button press with when their weapon is about to collide with yours, you deflect it back and it does way more posture damage to them. Mm. And also they kind of like step back and stagger a little bit depending on what they are. And and then there's a little opening to get a couple shots in. It, dep- it depends on the enemy. But mm-hmm. like what I figured out very quickly because I kept getting trashed on right. was like you can hold block and when they come at you, you like tap l1 again and you can deflect that way Mm. so that way if you misjudge the timing you're still blocking and not getting just like your ass blasted by this dude because you can get ripped up Mm. immediately like you can from some enemies you can take two hits if that before you die right um so like basically it ends up being like a rhythm at that point like you figure out what their attacks are when they're coming in so that you know when to deflect mm-hmm. and get the posture damage in or when they hit you with some crazy long overhead slash you can dodge quickly to the side and slash them mm-hmm. um but then there is another thing that they get sometimes which they're called uh 
I can't think of what the hell it's called. It, they're like fatal attacks or something. I can't remember. Anyways, they, they're basically unblockable attacks. They get like this red kanji shows up on the screen and it basically means they're going to do an unblockable attack. Mm -hmm. So if it is a sweep, you want to jump. If they're doing a grab, you cannot block that and you want to jump or dodge to the side. But the one that you want to look out for is a thrust attack because one of the skills you get is called the Mikiri counter. And so if they're ever thrusting with anything, doesn't matter if it's their foot like, if they're a ninja and they're going to kicking straight at you, if they're using a spear and they're thrusting straight at you, you push circle to dodge into their body, which is normally what you would not want to do in any of these games. But you dodge right. forward into them. He steps on their weapon or their foot, and it does a fuckload of posture damage. Hmm. So you basically, the when you see that red thing on the screen you know they're going to be doing one of three types of attacks so right. you just have to figure out which one it is sometimes it's not as obvious uh but eventually you learn and so mm. then you know but like when you fucking get that timing right and you dodge into them you're like i got you motherfucker it feels so good <laughs> um and it's just basically like everything happens so quickly right so it's like split moment decision making Whereas in Dark Souls, I felt like every battle was like a battle of attrition. <laughs> right. Whereas in this, it's like everything can go sideways so quickly or like you really feel it. Like there, there was a point in the middle of the game where there, it's like basically the mid boss of the game. And it's like, if you don't know how to play, this boss is either going to make you learn how to play or you're going to quit. Mm -hmm. And so what I find interesting about Sekiro is there are a lot of like the mini bosses that have like two or three health bars in areas and they're basically like quizzes it is almost like they're there just to teach you hey this is a mechanic mm. fucking do it or you fail and so there's one right before the midpoint boss where I kept thinking this is impossible like, there's no way I can beat this. He basically has his katana in a sheath. He unsheaths it, hits you twice, and then sheaths it again. And it's, like, instantaneous. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't react. If I dodge, he hits me. If I block, he fucks me up. So I figured out, that was when I figured out that you could block and counter at the same time. Mm. He would whip his sword out. You tap it twice. He's dead. It, if you parry both of those slashes, you can kill his death blow, like, right away. Okay. And so, literally, that fight that seemed like it would have to take me 30 minutes took 20 seconds maximum. And so, you figure that out, and you're like, I figured that out. Mm -hmm. And then it helps you in every other fight after that, because you know what to look out for. And so, that's one of the things that I think people who are saying that it's too hard and are quitting is that they are not learning these lessons. Like, generally, they are so used to trying to figure out how to cheese a boss or, like, oh. use some unbeatable strategy instead of actually learning the mechanics, the mechanics of the game or the mechanics of this enemy. Mm -hmm. So, like, that boss halfway through the game is actually one of my favorite boss fights of all time. Like, he has three forms, and by the end of that, like, you know when to block, so you can feel yourself pushing them into a corner... Mm. and destroying them and like it feels so good because you yourself are getting better the ai is never going to get better right so like you are learning and they are staying the same and then in the end you overcome that and it feels really good that's not to say that i don't think there were some boss fights in the game that are like 
I did not enjoy. Right. Because Miyazaki always puts some dumb bullshit gimmick boss fight in his game. Like, there's one where you have to kill these ghost monkeys, and it's, like, not even a fight. You just, like, figure out these puzzles. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that those... Usually they're not great and right. not implemented very well. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, it is just... It, and it has that same aesthetic as Dark Souls, where all of the plot is just a little obscured. It's a little more straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. you are a ninja... And you have to protect your lord. You, the Iron Code d- demands that you do that. And he gets kidnapped in the beginning. You have to go rescue him. Like, that's that's straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's not like Dark Souls where every fucking NPC is like, riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> like they do in all the other ones. And you like have to use your decoder ring to decipher what the fuck they're saying. Mm. There, are, I still, I did not get the best ending because I didn't do like some minuscule thing in this like 30 second time window. So I would have to beat the game three times now if I wanted to platinum it, which I probably won't do. Mm. Um, but like in the end, I personally felt very satisfied, and right. I, I it is a very different kind of combat than Dark Souls because you basically when you kill mini bosses, you get these things called prayer beads, and when you get four of those, you can make your health and your posture bar larger, mm-hmm. which doesn't really help that much, but enough. And when you beat main bosses, you get their soul, and then you can, like, remember the soul at the, what's essentially the bonfires of the game, so the save Mm -hmm. points, and then you get more attack. So it's basically, like, you have to learn these lessons to be rewarded for getting the better stuff. So by the end of the game, you do have more health and you are stronger, but Mm -hmm. it's not like Dark Souls or Bloodborne where you're choosing what to do. Which, I did hear it sounds like there are points where it, like, kind of, the path kind of like branches and you have like three different boss options to fight so it's like i can't beat this one i'll try this second Mm -hmm. one and then like if you can beat that then you get a little more attack and then maybe it'll help in like the first boss and so yeah that is but i have heard where people get stuck on all three three, and that it's a bummer yes yes um so one of the ways you can kind of can kind of grind is like when you kill enemies you get a certain amount of experience towards a skill point Mm -hmm. um and then you spend those skill points on things like the mikiri counter or like specific moves like there are l if you push l1 and r1 at the same time it'll do like a combat art um and so just a bunch of stuff like that or like oh your healing does more Mm -hmm. things like that so you can grind for those, and you can mm-hmm. grind for money, but when you die, you lose 50% of your money mm-hmm. and 50% of your progress towards the next skill point. So you'll never lose a skill point. You'll just lose 50% of the progress, which is fine. It's, I mean, fucking everybody's like, oh, it's too harsh. In Dark Souls, you lose all of your souls when you die. That happened to me and Neo. And then I and then I if lost you, you, can, you can get back to your body, you can get them again. But then if you get killed on the way, they're all gone. That's what happened to me, and that's when I was just like, I'm still in the first area. Yeah. So like, I I don't think that the right punishment is as difficult in Neo, and especially the save points are closer together. So it's never like Dark Souls where it's like, man, I just lost to this boss. I have to run another twenty minutes to get there. Like, it, mm. it's all it seems like just the punishment is less overall. Like you die very quickly and it's difficult, but you can get back to where you were uh, much easier. Yeah. It sounds like it is. It's it's asking you to be almost perfect on your game, but once you kind of figure out the game mechanics and then you execute it, I mean, you can pretty much beat 
anything. Yeah, you, like you, there's a boss in the very beginning of the game when you start that is supposed to kill you because mm. he cuts off your arm. You can beat that boss. And then you still lose your arm, but it, you can just be like, hey, I remember this. I know how to do this and you can win. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the guy that reviewed a fry GN, he streamed the first day him beating that boss oh. and people being like, I didn't think this was possible, but you showed me that it is. And also you didn't get hit. And like, that's one of the things that I think is cool is usually when you figure out a boss in Sekiro, like you don't get hit. Mm-hmm. And so you feel like such a badass. You're right. like, I fucking perfected this fight. Come see me. I am the master of video games. Just a side note, did you see that streamer, I sorry, I can't remember his name, that played through all three I, Dark Souls and, the, and Bloodborne, and Bloodborne yep. without getting hit? Yeah. That, I mean, that was, that's crazy. Yes. And he, yeah, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> which apparently he had been working on that for he a had, very long I time. I believe he had done just Dark Souls before, mm-hmm. and then he added in Bloodborne this time. Um. People have already done that in this as well. Yeah. Uh, it's much harder because everything's a lot faster, but right. still still very cool. Yeah. So I I like it a lot. It's much more action-oriented, and it's like there is a play style. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is you can definitely cheese enemies, but then you do not learn that lesson, and later right. on you get blasted for not knowing, so... They, they figured out, I in my opinion, like I think it's good game design. Whereas people like to say that the original Dark Souls has good game design. I think that some of that came from bad translation into English and also like accidental right. stuff. Whereas people try to be like, yeah, well, it was supposed to be obtuse. And it was mm. like, mm, I think they just really fucked this up. Right. So this definitely seems like it was intentional game design as opposed to like, it's like what happened in Super Smash Brothers Melee. Like fucking, they didn't program in wave dashing. It was a bug. Mm. So like that fact that that is used in all pro play is insane. Right. And like, that's not an intentional thing. It's just something people found. So I think that Sekiro actually has much more positive game design. Um, whether or not that is the type of thing that is for you is a totally different story, but... I think that's a great sign, because you always want games improving and being iterative, and if, like, the last one is the best one, then that's fantastic. Yeah. That's that's a really good sign, because then maybe the next one will be, you know, the best one. Yeah, and I'm just glad that it is not exactly the same again. Right. Like, they had made Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1 through 3, and Bloodborne, which are all basically very similar types of things. Like, Bloodborne was the most different right but it still was the same exact like collect the souls lose the souls Mm -hmm. fucking parry do all the stuff like it was it was a very similar type of thing just with more speed right so i i'm a big fan of sekiro it sounds really cool yeah i like it a lot um and then i finally played hades i entered the epic game store with a new account that was not the one Spanish John took over because mm-hmm. something fucking happened to that account and they wouldn't let me into it anymore without resetting my password. And then I uh, tried to send myself like 800 password reset emails. I never got any. I sent them multiple support tickets multiple days ago. They didn't get back to a single fucking one. Mm-hmm. So I just used another email address to make an account and I bought Hades uh it is the for those who don't know it is the new game from supergiant games makers of bastion transistor and pyre like all of their previous games it is 
a different style of game again. Right. It is an action type game. It's a roguelite. Basically, you play as uh, oh. Zagreus. Yes, which he is the son of Hades. Yes. And so you basically, he you start off, you don't get a lot of context for it, but he doesn't want to be in the underworld anymore. Mm-hmm. He wants to leave. And so you basically go out into the world with your sword. You kill some enemies, but when you die, you come back and you spawn like right at the entrance to hell. And then that's when you can kind of talk to Yep, you can talk. So you talk to some people. Get some more get, story. Yeah, get some plot that way. Upgrade your stats a little bit. Um, and then as you go and progress, you get more stuff. So Mm. the core, the core gameplay is basically, it's an action game. There are multiple different types of weapons. So, so far it's in early access still, so they haven't added them all, but the ones that are in it at the beginning are a sword, a bow, a shield, and a spear. Uh, so far I really didn't like the bow. The Mm. shield is what I got the farthest with because it seems kind of unbalanced. Like you can just block all damage. It's really weird. How do you attack? Uh, you you can either Captain America throw the shield or just whap him with it. Okay. So it's not just a defensive shield. No, nope. so it's like you can mash the attack button to hit with it, but if you hold it, you get ready to do like a shield bash, but while you're holding it, anything that hits the shield is blocked. Oh. Which seems like kind of broke Because it's everything, like, and it doesn't seem like the block ever breaks. Mm. Um. So, like other roguelites, you make incremental progress with each run, and when you die, you lose mm. all of your money. Um, but you get this... See, I don't know what the names of any of the stuff is yet. Right. I was calling it Purple Juice. Uh, you get this weird, like, purple crystal juice thing that... With that, you can upgrade your stats in the mirror in Zagreus's room. So, none of it is, like, super great. Like, you still... Like, it's like you can do more damage for back attacks, or you heal one health per room, mm. or two health per room if you upgrade it, and, like, just a bunch of, like, weird stat kind of buffs like that. None that are just, like, yo, you're literally stronger, or you have more health. Right. There, so, you get that currency, you also get keys, which the keys you have to use to unlock the other weapon types, which since I've unlocked all of those now, mm-hmm. now you use keys to unlock more stat buff things to put your permanent things into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those get better as you go. Um, One thing I, from what I remember seeing gameplay of this that I thought was really cool, when you're in a room you, and then you're going into another room, you can kind of see... Yeah, so it'll, it will is. show what the reward for the next room is going to be. So... Like, there'll be sometimes two doors, and there'll be orbs on them. Once you beat all the enemies in the room, it'll show things on those orbs. So you'll know, like, oh, this one's going to give me more max health for this run. I need that. Or it's going to be a healing room. I need that. Right. Or there are these things that you find in the world that are, like, they're basically just different symbols. Like, one is a trident, or one is a sword. Mm -hmm. And you go in there, you beat the room, you talk to it, and he basically communes with a god from Olympus. Mm. Um, And then you get to choose one of three powers from them so like one will generally make you better uh at regular attack for the run one will make your special move better one will make your like ranged move better uh and so depending on what god it is there will be different things there are different rarities of those Mm. so like the the numbers on them will be higher depending on if you got lucky and got a rare one so far i like zeus's stuff the best because it basically one of his is if you get hit by an enemy, they take lightning damage. Oh, so yeah. since I suck, right. it's cool when it's like, oh, they died because I'm terrible. Uh, 
so Zeus and Aphrodite's are the ones that I like so far. Uh, Ares is pretty cool. I unlocked some like Dionysus, Artemis, and something else. But they, they're they're all very different types right. of things. So you can try to shoot for specific ones if you want. Poseidon's I have not found to be super great. I assume it's something water related. Yeah, they're they're all weird and water related, or they give specific debuffs. Uh, but it, like I said, it is still in early access, so it's not finished. I'm sure they'll change balance, add more god things, add more weapon types. Uh, I watched the Noclip documentary, and they were trying to build a gun weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think that's going to come out. There's a countdown on the front page that says when the next major patch they're going to release is, which is in like 32 days now, oh. I think. Um, and it just, it is good. It has that style that Supergiant Games have where I just am interested in the world and want right. to know what's happening. Uh, the thing that I like more than other roguelites is the way the plot is doled out. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you get to this new boss and then you get the plot, so then the next time you have to get to the third boss or whatever to get the plot. It's basically, it's based on how many times you died and right. how many combat encounters you beat. So, like eventually you get a codex that like tells you stuff about your sword and it will unlock the next entry if Mm. you beat 30 rooms with the sword or like if it's a specific artifact you have that's making you better you beat so many rooms with that artifact you'll be able to see that uh a lot of the other ones are based on how many times you talk to each specific person Mm. um you can get basically like some type of weird alcohol of the gods i don't know what it's actually called and you can give that to them as gifts uh, if there's someone you can talk to and then they'll like give you weird artifacts that can make you stronger mm. you pick before each run uh but it, it just after a certain amount of deaths or a certain mm. thing you come back and there everybody's like got new things to say and i i don't know it's cool because then it makes it even if you die you feel like oh well i at least progressed the story or did whatever well that that's one thing i heard is like when you die in in like dead cells is one that i've played a lot it's just so devastating where this it's like devastating but then you're like hey i'm okay. gonna get more story yeah out i get this. this new story and yeah <clears throat> which my other question is how long is each run taking uh i streamed it for like an hour and a half and i probably did like 10 15 runs okay so it's not like dead cells no i mean when i get better it would be a lot longer because i made it to the second area Mm -hmm. and that was a pretty long run i also had gotten some really broken powers so (laughs) it was interesting and that was the first time i was using the shield so i was like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, i don't think i can die because i can block all the damage right yeah that's the one tough thing about this genre is it's just like the first run it's not about the first run it's not about the first 10 runs it's about that hundredth run yes and you're like i so i'm just gonna have to keep failing until yeah and so it's one of those roguelites that i like Mm -hmm. uh where you actually do get better with your stats right or it's not like dead cells where it's mainly like you're getting more healing and i guess the mutations too but right the main focus is you're getting more different weapon types you can randomly receive whereas in this you are literally upgrading your stats as you mm-hmm. go, but also all of the weapons you have unlocked, you just pick right at the beginning of right. the run, so it's whatever one you like the most. Uh, although you'd want to use a bunch of different ones to unlock more story mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, I, it is good. I mm-hmm. I like it. I have liked every Super Giant game, so it's no surprise that I, I like this one as well. But the think, voice acting is great. It's great. Do you think you will play this for a bit and then back off and wait till it's officially out? Maybe, or I might just unlock everything or try to get everything and then when there's a new patch 
see what the new patch adds, right. see what it adds to it. I, I don't know yet. I mean, like, I... Because I have to imagine they're going to add more story as it goes along. Yeah, and in a couple weeks, like, Mortal Kombat comes out, and so do, like, two indie games I want to get that week, so I probably will, like, back off and come back to it at later times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's Hades. I finally got to play it. Thanks, Epic Games. Yeah, that's... Not really. We, we've been discussing that it, you were going to wait, and you made it a whole, what, five months? I made months? it five months. So at least they had had three, four major patches. Mm. So there's, it seems like it's got a lot in there. Like, yeah, I've yeah. barely scratched the surface, uh, so that's cool. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of comparisons to Dead Cells where it's like, it is a com- quote-unquote complete project in the sense that like, the combat is very well done. Mm. It is very far along in the early access. They're just kind of adding more content at this point. Yep. Where it's not like a broken mess at yeah. all. So... Nope. So, all right. We can talk about this for like 30, 40 minutes if you want. We're going to do generation defining games overall. Which uh, the list I had made was all from this generation. Hmm. So, do you want to kind of go back and just kind of go through the history? Like, we can start. I can't really talk about the NES that much. I don't have a lot of. So, Nintendo consoles are weird. Because I feel like it's generally the same for each Nintendo console. That's probably Because, like, if you were going to say the NES, I would say the original Legend of Zelda Mm -hmm. and Super Mario Brothers are the two probably single most important games on that thing. Right. Then you go to the Super Nintendo, and I would arguably say Super Mario World and A Link to the Past. I don't know, because then you've got, like, what, Final Fantasy 3? So there is all kinds of other crazy stuff, but, like, just in terms of what influenced the most games going forward, like, Super Mario World is maybe one of the most important video games ever made. Same thing with A Link to the Past. I will agree with you there, but I I guess I'm thinking more specifically a genre, JRPGs. I have to imagine Final Fantasy 3 and or... Well, so it, technically that's Final Fantasy 6. Right, so. it's 3 or 6. But it's I mean 4 probably before that. I mean 6 is the best Final Fantasy in my opinion. Right, and so, I've heard that before. Yeah, I mean like that is a good SNES game, but mm-hmm. I... Hmm. Is it not really a JRPG defining? Like it didn't really do it basically i don't know there's a lot of jrpgs around that time in the snes that like they don't feel like they move anything forward that much like it is really well made and the sprites were a lot better but like i mean i guess because chrono trigger is my favorite game of all time i would say that more so but but it also introduced like the active time battle which most games used after that which a lot of things did not before that uh it introduced a lot of just, like, the non-random right. encounters. Chrono Trigger, you, you're talking Yeah, about. so, like, Chrono Trigger, I would say, was more of a defining thing for the okay, JRPG I, I, genre. Than... That's what I was kind of going to ask, is Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger, and I didn't... I don't know anything about yeah, that Yeah, I mean, I, even more so than Final Fantasy VI, I would say that Super Mario RPG would be more defining than that, because... Oh, wow. Just because you have to actually physically push buttons on timings to, like, do extra attacks. So, like, Mm. that carries over to a lot of things, like, more action-based. Like, that carried on to Paper Mario and, like, all of the Mario and Luigi RPGs after that. 
even a lot of other games it basically just adds like more than just i'm selecting from this menu and waiting Mm -hmm. like i am actually now a part of the combat Mm -hmm. like i think that was really important in that game that added to a lot of things going forward right that makes sense but even even chrono trigger was like just the first game that i can remember that uh didn't have random encounters Mm -hmm. super mario rpg came out after it which also didn't have random encounters but those those are both important for JRPGs, I think. Even okay. though a lot of games still have garbage ass random encounters today. Pokemon. Yeah, and I like if you were talking about like a Game Boy game, mm-hmm. like Pokemon is like the one that I could think of. Well, no, I meant more like with the random encounters. No, I just I mean just in general though. Like I think that because like there are a lot of Game Boy games, but right. they were basically just kind of weird rehashes or like side projects of other things that had already been made like i love link's awakening okay but it is it did come out before a link to the past i guess but Mm. it's just another zelda game you know what i mean like it's kind of weird but no it it came out after link's awakening i think it came out in 92 or 91 a link to the past came out in 90 okay then you're right yeah it came out in 93 you're right but yeah it is just more of that type of zelda yeah, yeah, yeah. style like it didn't revolutionize anything where most of them were like i remember as a kid having like the donkey kong which is just like bad donkey kong country yes i have donkey kong i don't remember what it's called is yeah. it called donkey kong country again i think it's something a little maybe different. it's land donkey kong land. Con- Tong- donkey kong country land or something yeah i have that game yeah. i could go look but i'm not going to right now it is yeah it, it's just it's basically just worse donkey kong country exactly so, so like there was a lot of that on the original game boy mm-hmm. where pokemon was like a brand new unique franchise but i don't know like even i guess like if you're going back to the nes and sort of the game boy is tied to that as like tetris is <laughs> that is like a defining video game period of all time so Yes and no, because, like, it, it definitely sparked a genre, but, like, I I mean, like, I don't know how many games are influenced by Tetris. People who don't even know what video games are know what, know Tetris. what Tetris is. I'm saying, like, it, I don't know how influential it was to the rest of the video game industry. Oh, I, it's, I mean, just in terms of video games at all, I think mm-hmm. Tetris it's, is hugely defining overall. Right, I mean, like, it is arguably one of the most if not the most popular game of all time. Yeah. Just because everybody knows what Tetris is. Mm-hmm. But then you got like what? The N64. The N64 like it's, that's, Super Mario it's the 64. same type of thing. Like it is Super Mario 64 and it is Ocarina of Time and it is because those are the two first 3D like right. proof of concept things that showed what they could be mm-hmm. and like fucking I don't know man, Ocarina of Time apparently had a good enough formula for them to literally use it almost verbatim until breath of the wild so like i don't know and then super mario 64 like every other fucking platformer just took that concept and did like some variation on it but it was that for uh, yeah i mean generations and generations you think about super nintendo when it was 2d platformers yeah then this n64 comes out and everybody's then making 3d platformers Mm -hmm. And then the next generation, everyone was like, well, we're kind of sick of platformers now. So, I mean, really, like, if you're talking, like, PS2, PS3, platformers had really kind of died off. That's, yeah, that's fair. Where now this new generation... Well, PS2, that's not true at all. Same thing with the GameCube. 
Because, like, Super Mario Sunshine, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, like, okay, 5,000 yes. Ratchet and Clank games, all three Jack and Daxter games. I guess, yes. Like, they were, that was still going, and that was at the peak of, like, anybody you could think of was I, making a fucking 3D platform. I, I like, guess I was thinking 2D platformer side. Oh, 2D, sure. But 3D, no. Yes, that was yes. the raging on. But then last gen, I can't think of a lot of 3D platformers. No, not as many, which I think was a good thing yes. for a bit to drop that off. Uh, yeah, so the thing that is hard for me is, like, if I think about, like, games that I feel like were important and defined everything from the Super the N64 and before that, like, I can think of that no problem. Like, You're I would right. also say for PlayStation 1, it was Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Because it was, like, the first big JRPG that, like, was in 3D and right. set the scope of what JRPGs would be for years to come. What about Metal Gear Solid? Metal Gear Solid as well. Like, there were a lot of, like, those platforms, like, if you think of just, like, fucking games that are super important, like, right. they have that. So when it comes to, like, the PS2 and the GameCube and beyond... I don't know if I have less of a grasp because, like, those consoles were, like, weird transitionary periods or it's because we are not far enough removed from them yet for me to be like, yes, this is that genre defining, like, this defined that generation. Like, I, I have 900 million PS2 games and GameCube games, but I... Like, I don't know that there were that many things on those specific platforms that, like carried forward throughout all video games from then on i feel like the ps1 era ps1 n64 it was breaking new ground yeah because it's like brand new ground but then the ps2 and the gamecube was, was more like, rounding it off and perfecting yes. the ps1 and yeah. yeah i i agree with you there because like i really it was just like better playstation one games yeah because like i i don't know like i can't think of like, if someone asked me, hey, I've never really played video games, but I want to know what games were important from the GameCube, like, what Melee? the fuck would I say to them? Like, I would say Melee, but is that true? It like, I don't know, because, like, I can tell you, I can show you direct lineage from Ocarina of Time and Mario 64 and how they affected pretty much yes. every video game after them. Like, I can't think of a specific example on GameCube and PS2 where I'm like, this is awesome. Like, okay, maybe Metal Gear Solid 2. Right. Maybe. Because it was such a graphical upgrade and the amount of things you could do in that game are crazy. Mm -hmm. But even then, I can't, like, 100% be like, yes, Another, this is it. Another one going back to Super Nintendo... Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 for fighting games, yeah, where they accidentally made combos a reality. Well, just, like, I, I feel like that sparked where I'm trying to think, like, fighting games in during oh, that no. era. Like, no. especially fighting games during the GameCube and PS2 era. Yeah. Oh, my God, those Mortal Kombat games are awful. Right. Like, at the time, I remember thinking that Deadly Alliance in, was, like, pretty cool. Fucking, if you go back to play that oh, game yeah, now... Yeah. It is an abomination. Well, Marvel 2? Marvel 2, I... See, did that influence? It was, like, kind of a big deal, but how much did that it influence? One, that one was probably the first one that set, like, 
the tag team like 3v3 thing because marvel one was not 3v3 yes but i mean how but much even, even then you could say that before marvel 2 it was like marvel superheroes their other weird tag game hey, x-men was before yeah the marvel versus x-men versus street fighter right. stuff like that which even then yeah i don't know I, but like in terms of like yeah i street fighter 2 would be like the progenitor on the super nintendo yes it's, fighting games really fucking suck shit on the n64 and ps1 yeah, and they weren't much better PS2, GameCube. Because Melee, it's a big game in that time period, but, like, how many Melee clones are there? There's uh, that one that that you... Rivals of Aether. Rivals of Aether, yeah. That really influenced... Recent, recent, very recently, actually, there have been a lot of those. Like right. Like, the last part of the Shovel Knight thing mm. is their weird Smash clone, and, like, I brawl out i saw a couple other ones mm-hmm. recently that just got released and it was it's weird but like even nintendo was like oh we can't make anything like melee ever again we need to slow this down so like i i mean i guess for like n64 and then gamecube you could say like super smash brothers and super smash brothers melee right because like those are some of the most memorable games from those platforms but then there aren't other games that were like that. You know what I mean? Like, no other games were like, yes, let me take the lessons from mm-hmm. these games and <laughs> add them to the future. Like, they just... Smash games have been iterated on by Nintendo for Smash games. Uh, okay. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, Mario was Mario Sunshine. Nope. Uh, Zelda nope. was, what, Wind Waker? Wind Waker, which Wind Waker is good, but it is still that same Zelda formula. And, and it definitely... I don't think Wind Waker influenced a lot. No. Uh, Donkey Kong had, what, Donkey Konga? The drums? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, not really. Mario Party 4? Right. Uh, influencing us all? Here's one for play Shadow of the Colossus. For PS2? Sure. That, though, see, because that came out so late during right. the PSU's life cycle. And also, I I need to find someone who originally played that game when it came out so I can force them to go play it again. Mm. Because I feel like that game, people have a lot of positive memories. Right. It fucking ran like shit yeah. back then. Like, it ran so poorly. Like, the HD remaster on PS3 is great. Yeah, yeah. But... See, I didn't like it, but, the, like, the weird control, controls... The controls team, are very weird. Well, I was just like, I'm not into this. Like, Shadow of Colossus, sure. I could see right. people making an argument for that. Right. Um, but, it, yeah, as you said, I mean, it's so late, and... I guess it did kind of influence open-world games. Yeah, a little bit. I could see... Oh, so... Okay, never mind. Now that you just said that, I thought of the PS2 one. And it's Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like the progenitor of all open world games as they are today. (laughs) Yeah, how did we not think of Rockstar? I don't know, man. Rockstar kind of influential. But yeah, GTA 3 for sure. Because even at the time, that was like fucking absolute wildness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were you allowed to play that as a kid? Technically, no. But I did always. (laughs) Because your mom had a rule of, like, no guns, Yeah, right? she was she had the no-gun rule, so, like, I couldn't even play, like, uh, Goldeneye and shit at my house. Mm. We would have sleepovers. We'd have to wait for my mom to go to bed so my dad could be like, bust out a Goldeneye. <laughs> uh, so but, your dad didn't have that rule. No, my dad was like, I'll watch you guys play Goldeneye. Let's fucking go. Uh, 
I mean, hey, I guess like Goldeneye, even as well on the N64, like as yeah. first-person shooters. Oh. Boy, is that game aged very not well. How but. did we forget Halo? Halo, but I that that I generally for some reason don't think of the original Xbox when mm-hmm. I think of PlayStation and GameCube, yes. PS2 and GameCube. But yeah, for Xbox, definitely Halo because name me another good Xbox game. <laughs> Knights of the Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, but that's a PC game as well. So I don't, well, I, I, yeah. it was a console exclusive to Xbox. It was a console exclusive to Xbox, so I'm sure if you want to get crazy, you could say... Fusion Frenzy. We're not saying Fusion <laughs> Frenzy, because that's just Mario Party. Bad Mario Party. Bad Mario Party, sure. Didn't uh, Bill Gates say that's his favorite game? It was his favorite game? game of all time. Yeah, everybody... <laughs> Everybody loves Influential right yeah, there. Everybody loves Fusion Frenzy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so, no, Halo for sure right. was what set the standard for console shooters right. because until that point... It was Goldeneye. It was Goldeneye, which... Which they had another... Rare had perfect another, Dark. Perfect Dark. Uh, I, Goldeneye, I would... I mean, they're very similar in terms right. of how they play, but Goldeneye is probably the one that most people remember. Yes, yes. Um, no, yeah, so Halo definitely was like proved that consoles could be played or uh, first person shooters could be played with a controller well right because before that it was like fucking pc master race because mm-hmm. everybody's over here playing doom and quake and shit and they're and- like what are these baby games mm-hmm. uh which so, i yeah. mean like consoles never caught up to the speed of quake well uh, the new newest doom i you can still play it faster on I you could I mean yeah anyone can play Quake faster because you can do the dumb shit that pros used to do where they turn off all the textures and you're a bunch of floating triangles <laughs> and you're going at like 400 frames a second but that doesn't make that the standard. No, I'm saying like just what I'm saying is you can play Doom faster on PC. Yeah, but yeah, I, I guess like eventually it figured out how to do you know first person shooters faster. I, I suppose. And so like it's it's also harder because. If you, if you were trying to throw PC into this mix outside of consoles, they would be very different. Like, it would be very different, and you would have to go by, like, PC games that came out during certain console generations. Because, right. like, things like Doom and things like Quake and Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein and all of those things, like, they also defined genres in ways or like I, added new things to them but not they, just defined created a whole new genre yeah oh it's doom yes i yeah <laughs> like and then yeah or even just like way way back in the day like sierra made adventure games and stuff that mm-hmm. were like wild at the time right. things things like that but i that's why i usually don't consider pc exclusive things when talking about something like this is because it's much harder to quantify any right. of that one, because then you're like well this is the best thing that ran on this video card and you're like right. well, one thing that's always kind of surprised me is there haven't been a lot of uh sims clones I, because what it what is it like what is what would did your sims clone be wouldn't I, it just be the sims it would be i guess the gems, but I mean, there like look how many tycoon clones there are. There were a lot of tycoon clones. That, I guess that's true, but I, but you can at least have tycoons about different things. things you know like, what I mean? Like the Sims is like you're controlling these humans, right? But they're not humans. Well, you, they're you're ga- you're no. game, and they're not humans. Oh <laughs> yeah. shit! Completely changes. But I mean, there was quite a time difference between three and four, wasn't there? Yeah, but like. 
same thing with one and two, but they're still. Which I guess the big thing is the between three and four PCs had really kind of died off, at least like PC gaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Xbox and PlayStation were like the place to play games during that. Yeah, and there was a very that during that same period, like every co- every port PC port was a burning trash fire mm-hmm. because it was such an afterthought. Right. And then when companies finally realized again a few years ago that if they make a good PC port, people will actually buy mm-hmm. their fucking game on PC instead. So we're living in the PC renaissance for right. gaming at least now. But what about games like Half Life and Half Life? Yeah, so that that's another one. like Half Life right. and but uh, then Portal. I get. I mean, I guess those came out on PS3. So would you count that during that mm, that's time? True. But no, yeah, like, if you're talking about, like, PC games that are, like, crazy, like, yeah, like, Half-Life with all of its physics and its crazy shit, uh, Portal, just in mm -hmm. terms of, like, uh, puzzle solving and puzzle design, game design, world design, like, Mm. Portal is, like, fucking the pinnacle of all things, I feel like. It is, like, if you wanted, if someone tried to make an argument to me... There, there are some games where if people tried to argue with me that their favorite game is something, I would be like, why? <laughs> like, how can you how can you say that? But, like, if someone said Portal to me, I would be like, yeah, I get that. I'm down with you and Portal. I have heard that a lot of developers, like, one of their favorite games is Oh, Portal. and, like, Portal is also one of the, like, humor is so hard to do right. in video games. Portal nails that shit, but that's mm. because Eric Wolpaw is a fucking great writer. Right. And he, every other game he's ever worked on, I've also thought was hilarious, but I mean, it just, yeah, in Portal, the humor really works. Mm. And which is why I was glad they got him back for Portal 2 to write on that as well. Right. He does not work at Valve anymore, I do not think. I don't think but. anybody works at Valve anymore. <laughs> that makes games. Well, who knows, man. From what I heard, like, their storefront, the people who work on it, it's like 15 people. <sighs> That makes a lot of sense with its curation. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what Game Informer was just saying, how there's only, like, 15 people who work on the storefront. But, yeah, like, Portal would make sense. But, (sighs) yeah, man. I guess... Because, so, okay. Then if Halo was super influential on the Xbox... Would you say that Halo 2 was really influential on the 360 or not because it's like the same thing? I would say it's basically the next big jump. To me, if you're talking first person shooters, you're talking Doom, Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. maybe Quake, throw that in there. The next one is Halo, and then the next one is Modern Warfare. Or Modern Warfare. I, which, yeah, and that that is the 360, I would say, genre defining mm-hmm. thing because, like, fuck. Well, you know what? I would also throw Goldeneye in there for consoles, I guess. I guess, because that was, like, the first one that got, like, way popular. Yes, yes. So, like, I guess I would go with those four for talking first-person shooters. And then I really... But, no, Modern Warfare 4. Yes. Call of Duty, Modern... Call of Duty 4, colon, Modern Warfare. Yes. I still... I think about that game almost every day, I think, because it is nothing like even outside of first person shooters like video games Mm. would not be where they are now without that product like the way fucking online multiplayer like the way you level up Mm -hmm. and unlock things just so many aspects of that game have permeated through 
ev- everything. Right, right. That it is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this generation, I don't know if it's had one that's defining like that. No, that's why I feel weird about the current generation is because, like, while I do think that the PS4 and the Xbox One, mm-hmm. and I guess if you want to throw the Switch in the same thing, and also the Wii U, whatever, they, they have had... Well, I guess the Wii U would be the PS3. Whatever. Yeah, it, it gets complicated. Because yeah. the Wii is technically the PS3. No, you're right. We'll do, okay, it's easier if we pretend the Wii U doesn't exist. Because all or of those, we just... The Wii and the Wii the, U... All of those games exist on the Switch. The Wii and the Wii U are the same generation. Sure. It's just the Wii 2. <laughs> Which is why it, no one bought it. Yes, okay. yes. So um, I think that's the easiest way to, for us to think about this. Um, but the, there, a lot of good games have come out on the PS4 and the Xbox right. One. But, like, I can't point you to one and be like, this was the game where I knew that I was playing on this new generation of consoles. Like, this is what... Like, I, I can't point you to a game and be like, this is representative mm. of this generation of consoles. In my opinion. The one thing I kind of got stuck on when I was thinking about this is... When you think about the last generation, let's just think about the last generation and just think about the franchises. Mm-hmm. Uncharted started there. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Call of Duty, even though it was a little before, but I think Call of Duty 2 started on Xbox 360. So Call of Duty is basically an Xbox 360 PS3 era uh, game. You have Gears of War, the franchise. Call of Duty 2 was on the PS2. And then it was also the 360, or maybe three was on the 360. But I really I think of think of Call of Duty as a last gen game, as like a last gen uh, franchise. Yeah. You think of, and then you think about, I mean, Assassin's Creed started last generation. Yes. I mean, it's crazy to think there's been that many. There's been a lot. And then, like, the first one was Last Generation. So, like, there's there's all these, like, really franchise-defining of Last Generation. But then think about this generation. No, no, it's all sequels. It's all sequels. It's become the same as, like, modern Hollywood, where Mm -hmm. everything is a sequel because everyone is too afraid... Well, AAA developers are too afraid to make risks because Mm -hmm. of where the video game market is in general. Right. So, like... If you're looking for things that are not just like sequel fest, it's gonna be indie games now. There's what Watchdogs of AAA, uh huh. Horizon, which is just one game, so that's not even a franchise yet. Uh huh. Wolfenstein. All four have been. All all three, and then this is the fourth one coming out. Yeah, has been this generation. Tomb Raider. Sure. Which, I mean, Tomb Raider's been around all, but there yeah, was I mean, the Tomb reboot. Yeah, reboot, yeah. But, like, you think Uncharted 4, that's just, that was it's just a, a sequel, continue. yeah, a continuation. Uh, Gears of War 5 and 6, and now they're, they haven't released a Halo this generation, which is still crazy to me. That's not true, Halo 5. Okay, they had one. Uh, Rockstar has one game this generation. 
Well, yeah, if you've played that one, it makes sense how it was the only game they put out. But that's track. crazy. That, yeah, but they're al- they're the only studio on the fucking planet that is allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they sold they, enough. And they they sold plenty more mm. than enough, and they also like make sure that it's actually a quality right, product. Right. So, I don't know. But like I, I had five that I would say are generation... From this generation that I wrote down here. Okay, what do you have on for me? For well, which I have like more five just different groups. Like open world, I would argue Zelda and Witcher. So that that is the only one in my brain right now mm-hmm. that I, if you like, had gun to my head, you were like, "What is a generation defining game for the current right. slate of consoles?" And I would say Breath of the Wild, but only for the bizarre reason that it is. A reawakening of like what made video games special to me when I was a child. Which, in fairness, what we talked about Zelda NES, Zelda <laughs> SNES, Zelda N64, and then they're like, we're just gonna keep making this N64. And like, game. this is the first one that is a different, yes. different formula, and like, it is an open world game, which right. I never thought Nintendo would actually make. And it it's done well. Right. You, the exploration feels good and meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you explore things. The puzzle solving is very good. It just, I would. It is an amazing product. And that's why I put those two because I feel like at this point, open world games. I really think of this generation as like the generation of open world games. And when you really think about it, it's either a Witcher clone or now it. Pretty much now, open world games are either a Witcher clone or they're a Zelda clone. Or they're going to be a mixture of the two. Yeah. And yeah, I, The Witcher 3 is like, mm-hmm. to me, the pinnacle of all open world games right. ever. And now I don't like open world games anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's that's my own personal thing. Like right. I, I, I have been burned out on open world games fucking since the PS3 and 360. So I... Right. Whenever a new open world game comes out, half the time I'm just like... Did we need this game to be an open world? Did I need One Piece World Seeker to be an open world? And the answer is certainly not. Spider-Man. Spider-Man needed had to, be, to be. It had to be. You cannot make a web swinging yes, Spider-Man Yes, I'm aware of that, game. but I'm just saying, like, no, most, yeah. that is, like, my check every right. time there's an open world game. It's like, did we need this to be this way? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, yes. The Witcher, you could have done it without it, but it did not necessarily need to. Right. I, I don't know. I feel it was greatly enhanced. Mm-hmm. By being an open world game, but like the another one I would argue is Forza Horizon. Yeah, because that's just a driving game, and those so like, are enjoyable. It, I mean, like the driving is fun enough that you don't mind just driving around the open world. But like Horizon Zero Dawn, if that was more linear with that combat and that story, it would have been fine as just. A I linear. think I would have enjoyed it more, probably. Yeah. But I mean, not that open world was not like anything overwhelming or like too. No, much. but that's what I. Mm-hmm. So I go both, literally both ends of the spectrum on open world games. Mm-hmm. If they're empty, why is it an open world? Right. And if it is super filled with a bunch of bullshit that is just there to fill the open world, mm-hmm. why is that there too? Right. Like I want something in the middle where like oh, there is reason for this to be an open world and it feels meaningful when I happen across something, which is what Breath of the Wild is exactly that. I would argue that it's pretty empty. What? Breath Breath of of the the Wild? Wild? Yes, but when you find something, it matters. Yes, yes, but then you're spending five, ten minutes of nothing. 
I getting that to depends that. what you're doing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I like Breath of the Wild actually makes everything meaningful. Mm-hmm. Whereas like why so many open world mm-hmm. games now I just feel like why why? Right. Why are we doing this? Assassin uh Ubisoft open world games are like yes. Yeah, that's like the pinnacle of my like what are we doing here? <laughs> what is going on? And then it, but Ubisoft just keeps cranking them keeps out. Keeps fucking cranking them. And I keep buying them. <laughs> I do not. I will buy Watch Dogs mm-hmm. again when they announce Watch See, Dogs I didn't, 3. I didn't like Watch Dogs 2. I like Watch Dogs 1. I'm the only person in the world who wow, you liked, liked it. I liked the combat. Did you like the character? No. Okay. I did not like the plot. I liked the combat. And then Watch Dogs 2, I liked the character. But you were so frail that like you would die like instantly from anything and i was like man this is not this that's what i didn't like because they want you to be stealthy and i was not mm. about that life and watchdogs one do you think red dead will be influential at all or do you think it was so expensive that it's not even practical for See, other I don't think, companies i to... don't think that there's anything from red dead that was like new and exciting Mm -hmm. like it just felt like we had a lot of money the video game right like there are no systems that i would take from that and be like yes this needs to happen more going forward it just do i think people should make good open world games like hell yeah but do you think we're gonna see more of slower paced open world games where the way everything's going, I feel like soon everything's going to be a fucking loot shooter. So, I don't know, man. Maybe. I think we're going to get in there. I mean, last gen- or last last year we didn't have any shooters, so. That's because Anthem and The Division were in the works. And don't worry, this year we got Anthem, The Division 2, and Borderlands 3, so. Rage 2 isn't a loot shooter. It's not. It's just a regular shooter. Which I, for some mm. reason, makes that so much less appealing to me. <laughs> even though I don't even want to play a right, loot shooter, right. but I just, like, oh. I don't want... I don't I don't know. I, which I get it. I mean, that game's going to be all about the combat, and, like, there's not going to be any story. Mm, I think you might be a little disappointed. What? I think there's going to be way too much story in that game. I don't think for there's going to be. For what it is. Because that's what Rage 1 was. I think it, different studios making it. Yeah, but I... We'll have to see, mm. but I think you're going to be severely disappointed by the amount really? of story in Rage 2, yeah. I think they're going to go way deep on that stupid mm. bullshit. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I'll like it. Who knows, yeah. <laughs> uh, but moving on, I think the next uh, for this generation is Games as a Service. So I think of, like, Overwatch. Overwatch, sure. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, I think, is a good example of how... How you should do games as a service. Well, not just that, but, like, I do think of, like, a lot of games this generation have come out fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it was eventually turned into, like, a really good game that nobody talks about. So I, I would argue, like, Overwatch, maybe even Destiny, though, like, the games as a service is definitely something that is defining this generation yes i can see that right whether or not i agree with if it should be like that's a different it doesn't really fit what you're into per se but i it is certainly something that is very popular and prevalent this generation so i mean like does minecraft count as a game as a service 
it's regularly updated. It is. So, so I guess. Right, but it, I mean, I guess technically that would be the 360 era well, for that, Minecraft specific. I mean, Minecraft right, right. is just like a fucking video game defining video game. Like Minecraft yes. changed the way everything is always right. forever, mm -hmm. but procedural generation generation type stuff, yeah. And the, just mm -hmm. the I don't know, you don't have a real objective, fucking do whatever the fuck you Yeah, yeah. type thing. Minecraft is just influential in all ways. In sandboxy. Yeah. yeah. Another is just uh, kind of going off that is Battle Royale. I, it's too soon. It's, I, it's too soon to say that. I I mean, like, you can say that, but PUBG has spawned how many clones? Yeah, but, like, okay, think of... PUBG got big last year, okay? Two years ago. Was it two years ago? 2017. 2018 was the oh, reign. It is 2019 now. You're it right. was the reign of... Uh... Okay, so, but you have PUBG, mm -hmm. Fortnite... Mm -hmm. Apex. And Apex. Those are like the three that got big, right? Call of Duty, I assume. Blackout. Not in the same way. Not same in thing. The same Ring way. of Fire is also failing miserably for Battlefield. Mm -hmm. it, uh, to me, the Battle Royale genre is the same as MOBAs, right? Like it was League of Legends. Right. Dota 2. And if you wanted to get like fucking buck wild, you mm. could say like Heroes of New Earth when it first right. came out. But, but they made a lot of clones of those games. I don't think that that is meaningful in any way. You know what? Uh, one game that I just re remembered? What? World of Warcraft. Sure. For all of <laughs> Yes, like going yeah. way back. But, yeah, yeah. but I, see, the way I was approaching this list was like in 10 years when we're thinking back to this generation, see, but that I'm, we're going to think of Battle Royales. We're going to think about Fortnite and PUBG. I think that... I don't It might know. die out, but we're going to think like, oh, that was when PUBG was popular. But like... To, Is that... It's so weird because League and Dota stayed popular forever. Right. I do not think that these games will stay popular forever. No, no. The I'm, way that people have hopped from PUBG to Fortnite to Apex is absurd. Mm. In the fucking small amount of time it took, like, these games are actively killing each other, like, as mm. they go. Like, while PUBG and Fortnite still have a lot of players, like, right. Apex is blowing the fuck out of them right now. Like, they mm. are... It's insane. So I just wonder if, like, this is some kind of, like, weird... We're hopping on the bandwagon thing, and mm -hmm. then the next thing is always topples it. Mm -hmm. Like, is that... I don't know. Like, I just feel like that could be lost to time. It'll get lost to time, and I don't know how defining... But I do... I, as I said, I still think in ten years we're going to look back at this generation, and we're going to remember PUBG and Fortnite. Like, it's going to be impossible not to say they were huge games during this time period. I mean, I guess that's true. I, I for, you, Fortnite, I guess, because it was actually a cultural phenomenon outside of people yes. like that like video games. But whereas people, PUBG, like, not as much. Like, but, that was more for people who were way into video games right. and, like, were in on the ground floor. So I now mean, they can be crotchety old assholes about people who like Fortnite. But... I mean, let's not forget, PUBG, at the time, competed with Zelda for Game of the Year. Which it was one two. It should not have like in general because it was a fucking early access then, wasn't it? I which we can we don't have to get into that. That's <laughs> just kinda like um <clears throat> I'm just saying like at the time it was a cult it was a phenomenon, at least with the gaming media. Fortnite's not even out yet. No. So that doesn't count. That'll be a <laughs> next generation game. 
<laughs> that game, think about that. Yeah. That that game is still in early access. Is the Battle Royale still considered yes. early access? I don't know. It says it in the fucking launcher. Okay. It's insane. How can you say that? You can't, you're not allowed to say that. Son of a bitch. That fucking game. That was just know, a man. survival game. It still is. It still is. You have to pay for the survival part, Yes, though. but that's pay, supposed, pay to survive. That's supposed to be free to play. I know. That never happened. Oh, well, everything's in early access, mm-hmm. man. Early access can define this generation in the most negative way, in my opinion. Probably, yes. I didn't even think of early access. Another defining is indies. Mm, I would say that that's more for last gen. Really? I feel like this gen is when indies really took off, though. Not, like, because fucking Braid was, like, the first mainstream indie game, and it was the first Xbox Live Arcade game. Like, Mm. they... I own, like, 900 indie games on the PS3. I I would say they continue to exist, but, like... Just in general. You, that's more of a last gen, you think? I think so. Yeah, because that's when they started mm-hmm. to be a thing. Okay. Like Super Meat Boy, Shovel Knight, like mm. all these all these things. Yeah. Well, Shovel Knight was originally... It was on the Wii U. Was that when it where it started? It came out on the 3DS and the Wii U. Originally. I was going to say, I thought it was a 3DS title yeah. initially. And just like that, I mean, that was like the Kickstarter type things. Like mm. that's when... If... PC games are weird, but, like, technically Undertale would have come out during that generation. It came out on these consoles that we have now, but PC was back then. I actually wrote down Undertale. Yeah. I wrote down Undertale and Stardew is... Yeah. Like, like indies that just kind of came out of nowhere and just became, you know, huge. I don't... Stardew is weird to me because I played Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo. Mm Mm-hmm. So whenever people try to tell me like, yeah, Stardew Valley was like revolutionary. There was nothing like it ever before. And I'm always like, bitch, that shit came out in 1996. Don't come at me with how Stardew Valley is Mm -hmm. the best game since sliced bread that no one had ever done before. I was fucking giving Anne at the tool shop milk every day so she would marry me Mm -hmm. back then. I, where I was going with Stardew Valley was more no, like these, I, I, these yes. indie games that they just... They blew up and became insane. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, That's yes. where I was going Concerned with Concerned Ape was one dude right. making Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Fucking Toby Fox and like two people were making mm-hmm. Undertale. Yes. Yes, and that that's wild. But man, every time oh. someone tries to tell me about Stardew Valley, I'm like, yes, I do think it's great. I also really liked Harvest Moon when it mm-hmm. first came out on the SNES. I wasn't even like super giant... Like, they got popular last generation. Yeah, with Bastion. That was also another one of the first uh, Xbox Live Arcade mm-hmm. releases. It was exclusive to the 360 right. for a long time. Um, yeah. I There's just something about this generation where, like... I think it's because it is all sequels in the AAA market. And it's where... The indies are where, it like, you're seeing the risks and that's why i wrote down indies is like indies have become a huge part of the gaming industry yeah yeah it's just it's so weird because i so many good games have come out this generation and i like playing a lot of games but they just there is nothing that is like i nothing ever feels super groundbreaking to me 
it always feels like some type of iterative slight iterative iteration on something that already was dope and I, that's gonna be next generation i don't know i hope so what I hope that there's a bunch of sick iteration on the next consoles. But... I, th- I think it's going to be small incremental iteration. But I would I would bet that they're just going to put out a hot buttload of sequels. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like it'll just be iterative sequels, and um, whatever that PlayStation Five game is going to be. Uh, I hopefully Cyberpunk is what finally does it for me with this I... generation. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it will do something for me personally, but I, I right. just hope that it is like because, like, I'm just like it'll be what like a cinematic story in an open world in an open world with first person shooter crazy combat. Hey, man, I'm not saying like that doesn't sound awesome. It looks like it is so dense with but everything that. I don't know. It'll, but my point was more. It's going to have pieces of a lot of different. Things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. That's why, like, it's hard to define things now in the current generation because, like, so many weird things come out on PC that it's like hard to. Mm-hmm. Too many games come out each day now to actually know what everything that is coming out is. Yeah. You can't look at the Steam release calendar for a single day and be like, I'll play all these. Mm-hmm. Like, 400 games come out a day, and half of them are, like, trash-ass mobile ports. Yeah, and that's the... I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I've just, like, I've kind of lost Steam with Steam. Is I just, like, I hate browsing that store. Uh, I don't browse the store unless I am searching for the specific just, product yeah. that I know I want. Because, like, it is just browsing trash after trash after trash and it's just it's so exhausting it is yeah we're like hey you don't have that problem on epic store because they just don't surface you anything no (laughs) (laughs) you just have that one page literally for a there were multiple minutes where i was like how do i buy hades i can't Mm -hmm. find because there was no search bar appearing Mm. so like how do i do that i had to go to some other menu to search for hades to buy it and i was like this at least they surface the free games they do surface the free games fairly easily it popped up and told me to get the Mm -hmm. witness um and then i said i already owned the witness and i did not like it very much so right All right, well, that's what we got for this week, I think. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's a solid episode. Solid episode. Uh, so we will be back in two weeks. Thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm. As always, the theme song is by the band Ana Managuchi. Uh, it's called Sting Operation. It's dope jam. Check them out, and we will check you out in two weeks. Peace.